Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, September the 23rd, 2022. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we have my man, David Jack, in the house. But before I jump into that, quick housekeeping things. One, again, the Jeremy Scott Fitness app is live. You guys can grab it in the show notes. Links in the Instagram bio. It's on all the emails that are coming out. This is the last, I think you have about four days to get the dollar trial. So we've been doing this ridiculous first 30 days for a buck deal. Um, That shit's over like real quick here. So if you guys have been on the fence, maybe you're not sure about it. You can download it for just a dollar. You get 30 days on me. If you think it sucks, you can cancel it. But I've been putting like everything into here, all my weekly workouts, our full programs, all the nutrition stuff, all the video talk throughs. We answer every question in there. Nobody else does that, but we're psycho. So we're trying to help you guys. So jeremyscottfitness.app, you guys can get it for a buck for, I think on Wednesday, we're stopping that promo and doing something else. This is the best deal you're going to get. So jeremyscottfitness.app, check it out. Get the first 30 days just for a dollar. And you guys already know this episode's brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens, the one thing I take every single day and I never miss. If you are somebody who can't eat enough fruits and vegetables, and let's be real, none of us can, this would be the thing I would throw into your life. You still got to eat real food, but this is going to cover the gaps that you guys are missing, especially now that we're back traveling, living life, and doing all the awesome stuff we've always done. So, if you want to check it out, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott will give you guys a year's supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. If you're not sure, hit me up, message us. I don't care how you connect with us. I will have Monica send you a pack right to your front door. I don't care what state, country, providence you live in. If you're under a rock, if you have a mailbox, we will get you a sample and you can try it. It is the best tasting greens on the planet. That's why I take it, especially the travel packs that go with me everywhere. I rip it, throw it in water, shake it, and I'm good. So if you guys are taking 14 different pills now, this is a nice way to get rid of those and just take this. There's a probiotic in there. There's digestive enzymes in there. It really is kind of a one-stop shop for you guys, and it tastes good. I I can't say enough. Is it a milkshake? No, but it's pretty fucking awesome for being green. So if you guys want to check it out, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott to get the year supply of vitamin D and fire-free travel packs, or shoot me a message. Don't feel weird. Don't be scared. We're offering this because we want to help you. We'll send it right to your front door, and you can get hooked up for the free stuff after that. It's a lot. So this is episode 500, by the way. Yeah, for you. I got the hands up in here, man. Yeah. I um, Full disclaimer, I was Thank you. trying to do a different one, and I kept, like, I fucked it up, basically. So, divine intervention or source energy or the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, man, like, you're episode 500. Bam. This is it. Welcome. Honored. Welcome. I'm so psyched. You've been on before. You like that? I know, it's the ideal. Um, I'm not going to do Dave Jack's full intro. Uh, you guys, he's been on here before. He's, we call him fitness Jesus. He's been around forever. Uh, he knows a lot more than I do. So welcome. Uh, thank you, bro. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know about that. Well, but I have been around forever. Jeez. Yeah. Fitty, bro. It's crazy. You're 52. <laughs> I know. We talked about this last I'm not 52. time. 52. I'm not 52. 50. I know. The way you used it, I know it was said a different way, but it yeah. sounded like 52. But you're 50. Whew. But I used to think 50, you were dead. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. So did I. Yeah. I'm like, doing your. What 50, do I do with that now? When you're 50, you're like, you're dead, bro. Like, <laughs> it's over. Dude, just, just shovel it up. But some of the best dudes I have here are, 50, a hole. are over 50. Man. The fittest guys, like the most endurance. Like, and they get it. And the, just how they do everything. Where, And it's more impressive. Like, in, I'll say BG Ghidorah and I have talked a bunch of times. Where he's like, you know, one day nobody's going to see us with our clothes off, dude, because we'll just look like bags of shit. And I'm like, yeah, but I think that's way further away than we understand. Mm-hmm. And I always say it's more impressive the older you get to be able to do it for the longevity of it mm. versus like, well, you're 25 and you're fit. Well, okay. That's standard. 50-year-old mm. dudes? Like, you're probably one of the fittest 50-year-old dudes on the planet. We're going to come back to that because I've been humbled. Um, it's good. Yeah. We'll, we'll put a pen in it for this conversation because it's like, oh, I, I'm paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. I can't get away with some of the things that – that's also another conversation. You brought up something right there. I know you got some things you might want to hit. And you just – you brought up something that was so powerful. Uh, you said that, you know, you and BJ were talking about how someday someone's not going to really want to see us with our clothes off. And and you and I had a conversation before we got on about just the things that we spend our time on and just the things that we put energy to. And we know one thing for sure, we're not going to get time back. Um, and energy is such a, it's such a powerful, uh, it's so valuable. And so if there's going to come a day, and it's an interesting conversation, right? Because there, you can validate why you would do it for a season of your life. Why not? Why not go at it? Why not be the best? Not Why not look as good as I can look? But if there's going to come a day in my life when someone's not going to want to look at me without my clothes on, then why am I, then what, what's this been about? Why am I chasing it? Yeah. Cause I can't hold on to it. No. So that's, that's, that's the truth of it all, man. And so when you look at that, you start to think about, and, and I think as we get older, like what were the reasons that I trained when I was younger um, what were the reasons that I trained in my thirties or when I was in my forties and even now? And I think what's so neat is I think what, what I have found is in like leadership, I was just with some, some, uh, you know, really uh, interesting operators, uh, in a training exercise down in North Carolina for a few days. And what I realized is I think some of those, those guys and some of those, those ladies have just been able to think differently younger than I was able to, you know? Like I'm looking at this thing one way and they're seeing it another way and just perspective changed everything. So I think as we age, we start to expand the reasons why we pursue fitness, why we think fitness is an important part of our life or why we should make it an important part of our life. I think the, the whys uh, start to expand. Our fitness identity starts to expand. Uh, it starts to grow and be more wholesome uh, than just isolated. But I think that what I continue to try to help people have an opportunity to to see or to choose is how can you start thinking like that when you're younger? I'm not taking away from you what you love to do and why you're doing it now, your primary motivation. But if I can start to introduce a secondary motivation and, and, and give that some visibility, shine a light on that, at least now it has a chance. It's a seed that's been planted that can grow right over time. I'm not in charge of that timeline. Um, but I do feel the responsibility to give people an opportunity to go, wait a minute, if I'm not going to be able to pick heavy, heavy, heavy stuff up when I'm 45 or 50 anymore, then why am I killing myself trying to do it at 25? Just give me an answer. I'm cool with the answer as long as you know why it's important to you and then let's do it right. Um, but if I, and and then I'm going to try to look super shredded and I know that I'm, you know, when I'm 70, 80, it's not going to really matter. And well, that's okay. But if we can help you start to dig into the intentionality or, or something that's even bigger about fitness, then I don't know. I find 
I find that that becomes really powerful. And it, by the way, it's your own. Well, how do I know what you? How do I know what's right for you? Right. Um, but I know that I've seen this over my career. Uh, I've seen three things that I think always make fitness better for people: purpose, play, and community. Hundred percent. Yeah, that is everything. Actually, it's what we do here. But to go back, like, why did I start doing fitness this way? To be shredded. Mm-hmm. That's my identity. That's going to get me into, and it's weird because like, that's how I came up through this, this whole world that I'm in. This is so good. The world I created was, okay, I'm the dude. And the crazy thing is like, I was in muscle and fitness. I couldn't tell you shit about anything in fitness other than how to train my own body. And Mm -hmm. basically bodybuilding style, the strength movements from college and stuff because I was taking through them and like what I've learned through just playing sports, but I couldn't help another human. And now I'm on this like platform essentially before social media and people are like, Oh, you should be a, you should be in fitness. You should be a coach or a trainer. And I'm like, I don't know anything. Hmm. And that's how I operated everything. So I, you look the part in the world that we live in, which is fucked, but that's, it's reality. We'll get, we're going to get back to that. It's reality. Hey, it, imperfect people, imperfect world, any other expectations? Yeah. Right. So like, if that's how I came up and that was like, well, and you asked this question, I've talked about this before in here where we were at dinner, you, me and BJ, and you go, if your body was taken away from you, would you be okay with it? And I'm like, bro, I, I was w- just going to ask that again. Like, I want to say, yeah, but I would be moral. It would be, if I'm being completely honest, it'd be fucking terrible. Yeah. yeah I'd have a meltdown. And you sure. know what? This is what's so cool. I think f- there's so much here, bro. We could spend this whole time just talking about this. Cause I think it's so powerful. And I, by the way, I've got my own identity stuff and reasons that I did or didn't did or didn't do things in life, but related to fitness for sure. And training and athleticism in my past but i think now it's it's not even about getting it right or having the right answers or yeah you know what i'd be okay no like i find that the most freeing thing is just to be freaking honest yeah bro i'd have a really hard time with that of course you would of course you would and then but at least now like that that burden is off of us you don't have to hide that anymore you know i think so many times heart of a warrior we it's such an awesome um community and such an awesome education platform and they talk about, you know, men in particular, uh, just always wrestling with, they've got something to, something to prove, something to hide and something to fear. And, and sometimes it's all of it. Right. And so when you talk about how you look being part of your identity, that's, that's true. But the fact that you can be honest, cause you've, you've just come to a place in your life where like, okay, it is what it is. Um, but can you imagine the weight of that where you try to make believe like it wouldn't matter? But inside, you're dying inside with the thought of that question, and you can't reconcile it, and you've got to hold the tension between that and, and, and not be able to do anything with it. Like, it just, it's a weight that we just carry around. And I had a young man step into my active lab this morning, wasn't supposed to be there, came in by accident, served. He served. Um, and he's talking about how he just really misses community and, and how he's struggling with it. And I, I offered him, I said, here's my cell number, and any time, I'd love to just spend time, man. I said, I don't. I don't know what's right for you. You know enough. I said, just being in here doing the same thing together and looking at each other. Hey, how you doing? What can I spot you? Whatever the community side of it. He's like, man, that's what I miss. And he said, I've actually, you know, been struggling with mindset issues and depression issues and I'm working through it. And we got talking about that and he kind of went out and did his own thing. And I said, well, you know, you just, you open a door and you offer. Cause I said, you can come back if you want, after you do the warm up that you do and just come in and use the space. And he kind of walked by and, and didn't come in and I'm like, it's okay. I made an offer. And about 20 minutes later, he came back. And he knocked on the glass and he kind of, can I come in? I said, bro, come on in. And so we started working 
on a couple of things that he hadn't seen. And I said, you know, one of the things I'm so, how, how do we learn to do something different? How do we make something different happen if we don't know what we're looking for and we don't know what's possible? So I took him over to a Dynamax med ball. And I said, what is this thing? And you only know what you know based on, or what you can imagine, right? You, you can't see it until you see it. And so then I started to show him a couple different things with it. And I had him do this throw and true to form, like most of us, he, everything, every rep that he did with this throw that I was catching for was just a grind, right? Murder. Yeah. It was the tension, the, you know, he was just locked up tight, trying to overpower it, trying to rush it to produce power, to be powerful. And so I said, okay, hold on a second. I said, let me just, I just want you to watch something so you can see it. And then there's a principle behind this, not just a skill, not just a drill, not just an exercise. There is actually a principle here. And when you feel it, as you see it, you'll see how it not only helps that specific thing, but it will transfer in so many other things because that's what principles do. So he picked, I picked up the ball and I said, I want you to watch me. Just watch and listen. I said, you could close your eyes and this lesson would work. Just listen. So as hard as I could, Jeremy, I took this med ball and I tried to single arm shot put it off the wall, just like just really try to overpower it. Yeah. And I did it all out as hard as I could. So I stopped. I said, what'd you notice? And he's like, well, it was pretty, you know, pretty powerful, pretty fast. I said, but what about me? What'd you notice about me? And I kind of slow motion showed him again. And I said, do you see how tense I am? Do you see how tight I am? Do you see how much I'm trying to make that work? And, and did you hear how it sounded? And then I stepped back and I just summation of force pay off, just let it flow. And it's, I mean, the sound is already, you know, twice as, twice as impactful, twice as effective. Yeah. And I said, and I can look at you and I can talk to you while I was doing it. I was literally looking at him and talking to him, changing my facial expressions, just completely relaxed in my face. And I said, that's what we do. We try, we use what we've always used to try to do what we've always done. And in the process of it, we haven't been able to discover how we can do something differently and save a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort and actually get more from less. And so I just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like looking at the same thing differently. You just need an opportunity to be with people to, to go, what could I do with that? You know, what would that feel like? What, how would I relate to this? And I think that's part of like, you even shared some stories about your community here, just doing life together, man. But it's funny how fitness, you can teach some, some things that, that do have carryover. It's all fitness, dude. It's all not fitness. You were, t- you were telling me about everything in my, and- everything in my life is is related to this. But it, it's the same thing with sport. Like mm-hmm. that's I, yes. It used to be everything was basketball. Mm-hmm. However, I thought about it like that's my kind of you know operational standpoint, and that's how everything works for me. Mm. And that because that was my old identity. Now this is my new one. You know what I'm saying? Like because you've been through that too. Yeah. I played football. That's who I was. That's what I did. Well, now that's done. I'm like, well, shit. Now this is my new thing. Mm. But it's all sport to me yeah and i think that's such an interesting journey journey too we talk particularly about the experience that i've had in my life with athletes military individuals uh people that really just want to do well at something that matters to them and and some you might call them type a but that that's that's not necessarily that that type a kind of gets a a weird uh, construct attached to it that that doesn't really speak to all of what it is you know there's somebody that's committed to something and they're going to work hard to try to be good at it and um, they're committed to that. And, and in the end, you know, I, I think 
our identity gets tied into in those, those type of individuals, our identity gets tied into what we do. Well, think about every time you meet somebody like you, you're out with some friends. Oh, what do you do? I, I first of all, I've talked about this before. I fucking dread it when I go um, next week, we'll be in a work event for Heather, um, in Newport beach. And, uh, I'll meet people. She knows. And, Oh, what's your husband do? I'm like, Oh bro. I uh, I do fitness. He owns a gym. He's a trainer. He has his podcasts. He does half naked shit on the internet, like all these weird things. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But now it's because like we quantify that Mm. and what we do and most people, and I've gotten really good at not doing this because it's what I used to do. And now I can see, okay, Oh, what does your husband do? Oh, he's an attorney or he's a ER doctor. He's Mm. a dentist. Okay. Mm. Well, he makes 400 K he makes 275. Like that's kind of what we do. And like, okay, he probably is about this smart. This is about how much education he has. And that's kind of like how we break somebody down. Yeah. But that's so far from the reality. Oh my gosh. But that it is true. Like our craft or like your profession or whatever it is, like it becomes such a huge part of how people see you. Yes. Especially if you're an idiot and you write Jeremy Scott fitness on the building. Well, because that's the scoreboard that the world works on. That's the only way we know how to tally points. You shoot a basket, you get two from here and three from there. Yeah. Or one, you know, you know, whatever, like whatever sport you're looking at, like, that's, that's, you do this, you get that. And that's how we understand if you've won or not. That's how we understand if, if you're good or not based on your statistics. And the, and now we're in more of a statistic driven world, um, which I love it because we're starting from a fitness perspective. We're able to see things that we, we, we only could surmise like that. We only could guess at, you know, some of the things now that they're doing with like force plates and dynamic strength indexes and blah, blah, blah. And so it's giving us more, but we don't know what to do with the information. And then the problem is that drives us more to the isolation of the information because that's what's going to make us perform better. And it's like, wait a minute, this individual in front of you is like a thousand things in one thing. And there's going to be about a thousand more in 10 more years. And that's who they are. But when we talk about identity at the foundation, you got to figure out who you are, man. And, and then based on that, you get to decide where everything else kind of fits in and you don't have to feel bad about it. You are a fitness professional and you're really successful at it and you help people and you help people change their life. And it's an incredible thing. And what they think about you or don't think about you, that's not your problem. You do what you do and it's good. And that's absolutely a part of who you are, but it's not all of who you are. And so in the end, I think for me, my, you know, as a person of faith, I have struggled. My mentors would tell you one one just passed recently, but my, my, my earliest mentors would tell you that one of the hardest things that if you asked him, what's one of the things that you see in David that, you know, you, you're trying your best just to let him sound off on and, and, and be kind to him and love him through and, and teach him through. And they would say his, his, his struggle with his identity and who he already is. And, and that sends me in a direction where like those guys from heart of a warrior, I first went to one of their, their, uh, their kind of a weekend gatherings. And this guy came up and he talked about his mother and it was a true story. And it was just recent. And as she was probably in her eighties and what happened was she got a, she has dementia and she got a virus. And, you know, once you get the threshold, the body can't, it, it things, things happen faster. And so with the added stress, with the added threat matrix of the virus, the dementia got spun up and she needed to go into a place just to get healthy and be safe for a few weeks and into a medical facility. So in that facility, he said three days, three times a day, a trained professional will come into my mom's room and he asks her three questions. And these are the three questions. What's your name? 
where are you? Why are you here? Most men don't understand what the answers to those questions are. And if they answer those questions and we dug deep enough with each of us, including me, I would find underneath that there's something you're trying to prove. There's something you're trying to hide. There's something you're afraid of. I'm this. I know your name. I know what your name is. Now, don't tell me Jeremy Scott. I, I figured that out. Yeah. Like everybody knows that. Who are you? Who are you? That's trippy. Yeah. What, where are you? What do you think is going on around you? And so from a faith perspective, what, what for me, and I, I get it in my brain, right? But I'm just going to talk. I'm going to use this as an example for me. Yeah. Where I'm at. So in my brain, who am I? I am. I, I, I should be based on what I believe. I'm a one of a kind creation for the creator of a universe that's endless. And he made me in his image with good plans for good purposes. I'll never be alone. I'll never be forsaken. I will always be taken care of. Everything will be used for the good of me because I love him. And there's no one in the universe that has the capacity to take care of me. Like he doesn't supply. He has endless supply. That's who I am. I'm a prince in a kingdom that is endless. I have eternal life. Like these are all the things that are true based on what my faith tells me yet. I'm still trying to figure out you know, I'm, I'm not a good enough husband. I don't, I don't, I don't make enough money. I did it like, Oh my gosh, man. Once I really understand if that's who I am, then everything else, it's like, I've already got everything I need. The world can't give me anything or take anything away from me. That's of consequence because I know who I am and what I have and who I am is so much bigger than all of that. Not that it's good or bad or not you know, great to have nice stuff. But if my identity is in those things that can be given to me or taken from me, then my identity is in something that can be given to me or taken from me. So I am at, I, I live at the authority and the power of something else, not being centered in myself. Where am I? Oh, this world is you and I talked about it for the podcast. Yeah. This world is going to hell in a handbasket. Well, why? What, what would you do? What did you expect? Did you expect that a world of 8 billion people that have completely different personalities, have completely different wounds, have a different upbringing, have different challenges in their life, have had different things that they've gone through, see the world in a different lens. You've got D's, I's, SC's. You've got people in Myers-Briggs all over the place. If you know, like, okay, so I'm going to ask you, what would you do if this happened? 50 people would go over there. 40 people would go over there. 30 people would go over there. We all look at the same thing differently. It's imperfect people in an imperfect world. And you think that it's going to go smooth as glass and everything's going to be great for you to be like, life is amazing. We don't have to be afraid of it. You can make it amazing, but it's like, where are you? What's going on around you? What is like, really, do you understand? And so for me, again, going back to my scenarios that I'm trying to work through with my identity, I'm in the middle of, I'm in the middle of what they call like for my faith. It's a spiritual war. There's two kingdoms warring against each other for the same thing. And it's the most valuable real estate in the universe. And it's the hearts and minds of men and women. Period. And there's a narrative every day that's on one side of the equation and a narrative every day on the other side of the equation that most people don't hear. So for me, I'm in the middle of that reality, but half the time I get caught up into these little things that are, are in front of me and not that they're not important, but if I forget where I am and if I don't know who I am, why am I here? Am I here to make a company money? Yes, absolutely. And that part of my life I am. 
is that it? You know, am I here to throw the best parties on the weekend at my house and wherever? Is, is that who I am? Is that who we are? Like, is that my role? Am I here to have a X million dollar in my retirement? Am I here to have 14 touchdowns this year? Like, if that's why I'm here, then what happens when that goes away? Now I've got to be here why I'm here for something different, a new thing that the world gives me. Okay, I'm done with football, so now why I'm here is, and not that that's bad to switch your what, like your, your vocational or your seasonal wise, but there's, for me, there's got to be a bigger one that all of that lives underneath, and if it isn't and if not rooted in that and built on that foundation, then I'm like a buoy in the ocean that when it decides to, the waves come up and I get tossed around because that's my identity. And I'm not standing on this solid rock that the waves crash against. And it's like, Oh, that storm is real, but I'm not budging. Well, it's like if you're successful in business and like, that's who you are for 40 years. And then all of a sudden you're the CEO and you get fired. Well, now, now you're not successful anymore. Or you, you're an investor. You do all these things. The market turns 07, 08. Now you lose all your real estate. Now you're bankrupt. But like your whole life was built to do this thing. And now you are a failure at it or it didn't work out. But yet that's how we, I'm not saying everybody, but in the world, whether it's sold to you or however you look at it, like, well, I drive this car, I live in this house, I work at this job, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of like what we all have this bullshit agreement about. Yeah. Do we not? We do. And, and by the way, it doesn't make us bad. It doesn't make us dumb. It doesn't make us anything other than it's just part of where we, what we live in and part of what's around us. And so that's the narrative that becomes the norm. And so it just is what it is. And like that young man who's been training for a long time and he's super capable, he's just never had someone be able to show him that there's something different that you can do with this. And it, it's in you. It's in you. You just need a chance to activate it. It's in all of us. And so when we keep what all we know is, you know, this is, this is the only cheeseburger I've ever eaten in my life. Then I can't, it's like, that's all I know. This, this is the best. This is what it is. And then someone comes and rocks me with something else. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm in a dilemma now because what is that? That's freedom because then you have choices. And, you know, I, I just, yeah, it's so, it's so fascinating, man. Um, it is so fascinating. And, you know, we've seen, we've seen people take their lives because some of their identity, and it's not a few, right? Or, or we've seen lives get really challenged because the thing that I do is who I am. And when that thing is no longer who I am, what am I? Right? And you're so much more than that. True story. Just down in this uh, place that I had the pleasure of being a part of this, this training, uh, this direct action training uh, evolution uh, down, uh, down in North Carolina um, with different operators uh, across the uh, different branches of our military. And you're talking people that are super capable, man. And so many of them, because they're at a place of their life where they're so good at what they do and they've been around long enough that they don't need to prove as much anymore. So they're really approachable. Uh, they're really laid back. They're really humble. They're really friendly. And at the same time they do work, you know, and yeah. I, I love it when you get to that place, when you don't, you don't have to prove that as much anymore because you've already proven that. But I was thinking about it. I wrote this name down on my notes. There was this young man there. Um, and we had an opportunity on accident, quote unquote, to hear his story a little bit. And um, he's, he's Canadian, um, but he has lived in the States now for, uh, what is he, 25 years old. He's lived in the States now for oh, I don't know, 11 years, maybe nine years. 
And his dream has always been to serve in the American military force ever since he can remember. And I just watched this kid for a day and a half in an environment of rock stars. And the people that gathered around them to be a part of this were just super sharp, um, just game changer people, right? Like it's that kind of party. Yeah. Like you like when like invites like, right? So here you are with all of these people and all of this talent. And, and but there were a couple guys that stood out to me in particular. Um, one of them was, was just, he's a true American hero. And I was just so overwhelmed by just how kind he was, how big his heart was, how down to earth he was, uh, how just, just an incredible human being. Um, but I think one of the biggest names that stood out to me as I look back over that weekend was this guy named Tag. Nobody knows his name. Not one person there knows that name. And as a matter of fact, most people there probably don't even really care because that kid is just over there in the gator ripping around, picking up stuff, throwing out trash, you know, fixing this, fixing that, driving this there, driving that there, all volunteering because he's been connected to a, a general that is retired and is, is, is a big part of this, really is, is, the, is the driver behind what we were doing. Um, a friend of his, this young man grew up in his community. I mean, lives in his community when he was probably a later teens when he was just getting into the States and he knew his family. And so he invited him down basically just because he needed to help getting a ride down there and having someone just making sure he was safe. And so this kid falls in love with ask if he can come back. And I'm just watching this kid who nobody knows who doesn't have medals and tags and tabs and, and all those things, you know, stacked around him. And, and he's not the guy that's doing the stuff over the course of these few days that is what gets the media and the cameras and lights and the action and all that stuff. But as I walk away, I go, that young man made, made one of the biggest impressions, impressions on me of anyone in that gathering. So when I talk about identity and I stack it all up in that environment, not that any other one of those individuals isn't incredible. They are. But what I pulled out of that three day and the 200 people that came in and out of there was I'm talking to you about a kid named tag. When I look at his metrics, I shouldn't be saying a word about tag because he doesn't have a purple heart. He doesn't have a Navy cross. He doesn't have, um, you know, uh, a tab from um, some elite level uh, special operating group. He, he doesn't have combat time. He doesn't have. Uh, you know, maybe he does. He doesn't have 174 IQ. He, you know, he doesn't have records at, at these, of uh, these ex training exercises or he doesn't have any of that. Yeah. But that's the guy that I'm choosing to talk to you about on this podcast. And why is that? Because I value something different about his identity. That's not what I valued. I didn't value those things that the world would value. Like I want to be near that guy. I want to talk about that guy. That guy's the guy. No tag was the guy. Because you know why? Tag was there to serve people. Tag was there to make other people be great. Tag was there to make other people shine. And he didn't need people to know his name. And they didn't. But I saw it. That's rare, dude. That's super rare. But that's identity. Yeah. So is Tag worth any less than anyone else because he doesn't have the identity that all those have? He's the only one I'm talking about right now, man. That's crazy. That to me is identity. And now when you take a guy like that with that heart, with that other's mindedness, which by the way, almost every guy there, and I'm not saying this against those guys. Oh, for sure. The amount of people that were there, the, the, the people that were there, m almost all of them that I interacted with were incredible human beings with servant hearts, period. 
which fundamentally that's where you want to start to make a difference in life. My, my friend who I was down there with this guy, Mickey Pittman, he's one of my closest friends in life. One of my closest, closest brothers in faith. He is a, a, a former ranger. Um, and, uh, he's, he's been in counseling and pastoring and he just, what an exceptional human being. And I really just went there to, to be his, his wingman, uh, and his co-pilot. Um, and then I got all the rest of it as a blessing, but he and I were talking about kind of on, on the way in, I just, I hit him up and we were just talking about people's experiences, people's past, people's story. Um, you know, your, your identity, how you how you look at life and how life unfolds for you. And I said, you know, one of the first things that maybe I could talk about for me, I'm still trying to figure this out at 50 years old for myself was, well, let's start, let's start with the basics. You know, like you want to trip, trick out, trick out your car. Hold on. Do you, do your tires have tread? You know, do you have oil in it? Do you have gas in here? you know, like the basics, like, let's get the basics, right? Let's look at the basics. Look, let's look at the foundation first before we start to stack on it. And so I said, one of the things that people can understand and not even happen to, and I can come back to faith by the way, cause I'm also, that continues to challenge me where that'll be another story. I, I, you know, I really, people get so lost in that and I get so lost in it. And what I've come to realize is I, I have no idea what's, what's really right for you. And I can't, I will never, I could live a 5,000 lifetimes and I could never get someone to become religious, to choose faith. To, I don't care what faith it is. So why would I ever try to do that? That is not my role. The only thing I know is there's a different way of living that I think someone who lived as a human being did it better than anyone that I've ever seen. I have no idea how he did it. Because I can't see myself doing it on any given day, especially when difficult people in difficult situations show up, including the one in the mirror. And I've just got no idea how someone lived a life like that in a world that is completely different. It's nuts. So pause on that. But I came back and we talked about everyone, the, the common thread that everyone down there had in common, at least from an operator perspective. And when I say operator, you know, some, 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 some men and women who are listening and thank you for your service, they'll, they'll know what that means. But what an operator means is someone that actually does the work, you know, is, is, is in the, is in the field, is tactical, is serving. Um, and then at a higher level, when you get into special operations forces or special operations groups, you know, there's, there's operators that in those elite and unique divisions of our military, but everything, everyone had in common, the same thing in that environment was an outward focus with what I bring to the table, not what can this outward experience bring to me because I'm showing up and I'm bringing what I got to the table. And it's such a fundamental, it's such a profound way of living life, man. So when you go to a party, what, what is that party going to do? What are you thinking when you go there? Right. This is just things to think about. And I th pick whatever question you want. You know, when I, when, I, uh, when I go into a boardroom meeting, like, what am I thinking about? You know, when I'm pitching a product, what am I thinking? And if I'm really real about it and, I'm really, and I can really drill down and figure out what is motivating me, you know, like what we call it rigorous honesty. Yeah. What's my real motivation here? Money, feedback. But I want to win. Yeah. I don't want to get fired. I want to look good. I want to whatever it is. You know, I got to, I got to. And when you, when you see someone do it differently, they come to a party and it's like, 
hey, I brought these for you. How can I do that for you? Would you like me to get you some water? Can I blah, blah, blah? And it's, it's this outward mindedness. And when you go into a boardroom and it's like, or you're, or you're a leader or you're a, uh, you know, a, a manager or a boss, like I'm walking in, it's like, not, not me. And I tell you what to do. So we get the job done. It's like, I'm, I'm a worker with 12 bosses around me. And how can I help you do what you need to do and be the best at what you're doing so that we all can do something bigger than ourselves? Like genuinely, how can I invest in you so that you can be better? You can use your talents. You can help someone else in this organization. And then together we can make something that serves the people we serve better. So I think even just at the foundational perspective of identity, it's do I need the world to tell me I'm something and to give me something I need? Maybe. And that's not bad. Receiving isn't a bad thing. But if it's all receiving with no giving, how can I use what I have been given and the experiences that I have to show up for others, even when it costs me something? Well, you probably do that to a fault, dude. I don't know. I don't know. You know, but you I, do it more than anybody I've ever met in yeah. our world. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. And well, I think, well, but think I, about it, dude. Like all of us, me, BJ, Hannah, Lex, Jen, like you go on the list, like it's crazy. Well, thank God. Cause I, you know, I don't have some special plan and I don't, I'm, I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the room. Like so I'll you, just give that credit. You brought BJ to a meeting at men's health and didn't tell anybody. And you're just like, Hey bro, like here's, here's the dude. Like you're fucking crazy. Like that's insane. <laughs> so, dude. Yeah. Replace myself. Yeah. Um, but, nuts. but see, that's what, but for me and my faith, that's what God put on my heart to do. And that's where, that's where that's a whole different conversation because a lot of times the things God says to us and every one of us has it inside of us. Cause I, by the I way. feel like you though, like you, it doesn't make sense to the world when you do it. And it's like, you don't care if you win like at all. Like in terms of how we quantify winning, right? Yeah. Like you're going to feel good because like we're kicking ass and like you know you're a part of that. But like someone who walks in my door doesn't know that. And right. like I want to help everybody too, but like I also want to fucking win. Sure you do. Like and I'm not going to. And that's not bad. And I'm not going to not say that. No. You know, and I'm like I don't need to win a lot, but like a little bit. Yeah. But you just kind of do it 0%. And I, and I do it in a way with to clients. Yeah, you do. But they pay us. Yeah, but you go above and beyond. And, I, and I've, I've seen you operate. And I've told you in the past that I, I think for someone who you, you're, and I don't want to keep banging, you know, faith and religion, but, you know, for someone that you're not, a, you're not an atheist, you know, you would be agnostic, right? And, and you believe there's something out there and you're not against it. You're open to it and you're open to whatever it might look like. And I tell you all the time, I'm like, you, you have the heart of a truly godly man. And you, and it doesn't, it's okay if you don't even understand what that means. You do. You just do. And I've, I've met people and I'm probably have been one of them in my life where I'll sit in a church on Sunday at, you know, every time I'm in the same seat and I'm early for church and I listen to the service and I take notes and I'm that guy. And, yeah. you know, and I can point fingers. Well, when did you come to church last? Oh, I've been here for 20 years. I haven't missed a weekend. I'm here early five minutes every Sunday. And it's like, yeah, but your heart is so far from the heart of God. What good does that do us? Agreed. And, you may not go to church and you may not da 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 and you may, you know, you get loose with this, that, and the other, whatever, but your heart is closer than a lot of people who might say, Oh, I know God and can judge you for not knowing him. We got to be careful with that. Oh, Someone yeah. else who I follow, you know, by the name of Jesus did the, had the exact same issue. Yeah. He had no problem with people who knew they were sick, man. I've messed up. I have messed up. I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. I've hurt people. 
I've hurt my wife. I haven't done X, Y, Z. And I'm really sorry. And he's like, come to me. You're welcome here. This is God. Whether you believe it or not, he thought he was. He, he thought he was. Right? So if you think you're that, you're going to let some broken, messed up, you know, mistaken and not beat him up. Well, you're such a, if you would just do this and if you just do that and if you just did this and if you, you got to do all those other things. And when you do all that right, then you come back and we'll talk. No. He's like, arms open, come here. And not only did he not judge them and, and punish them and berate them and, and, and grill them, he was like, are you hungry? Because I'd, I'd, be, I'd be honored to feed you. Are you hurt? Can I help you feel better? Who does that, bro? Who does that? And that's what I talk about. How do I live that way? How, how do I live like that? And every day I'm challenged with my flesh and with the things I want. And not that those are bad. I think I probably, you've talked to me in the past about, dude, what are you doing? Like, I think I do need sometimes to be a little bit more, it's okay to win. It's okay to be great at something. It's, but for what? Right? If it's about the scoreboard, this is why John Wooden was so different. Guys, if our metric of success is about the scoreboard and that's what winning means, and this is my ad lib to it, then everybody loses. You don't see it yet, but everybody loses. When we truly come together, and, and these guys down in North Carolina, this is what they know. We've got a common mission greater than ourselves. The only way to do it is by bringing what we can to the table for the benefit of others and doing it together. We're together. It's team. And so, you know, John Wooden was like, if we can genuinely care about the guy next to us, if we can work on the guy that we are, and we go out and we give our best, the scoreboard will take care of itself. And then here's the really cool thing. The scoreboard won't matter. Like you start to become a mature winner. It's like guys who win something that don't have maturity. They're like, look, yeah, look at the scoreboard, bro. Scoreboard. We crushed you, man. We're, you know, and they're talking about how great they are. And no, real winners are like, it was a really good game. And they mean it. They're not, they're not, you can read the guys that are like trying yeah. to, right? But the ones that really get it, the Drew Breeses of the world, like those guys, they're like, and they're, I've seen a bunch, male and female. They're like, let me tell you something. That Those guys brought it today. They came with a game plan that was really hard for us to figure out. We were in the locker room at halftime. We were like, we didn't expect this. And they didn't give up until the last play. And I'm really thankful that my guys, we stuck together and we followed our plan and our coaching staff had a – had a plan for it and a strategy and we trusted one another. And matter of fact, the last play of the game, we were kind of like, I don't know. And it worked out. And so, you know, there was some intervention there, but, but in the end, we're just, we're just really thankful for the way that it went down. We got some things to work on on Monday, um, but we're really thankful for today, bro. That's a completely, that, that person is playing a completely different game and they're living a completely different life because their scoreboard of success is different. And do they still want to win? Yeah. Well, I wonder, like, because when I listen to, like, if you go, like, Last Dance and, yeah. and Michael, yeah. obviously, yeah. like, he has, a like, a mental illness, basically. I mean, <laughs> well, he's got a, a, a unique commitment to a burning passion. To win. And, and to play the game that he loves. You have to love something so much to be able to give what you've given for that. 
your whole life. So he's one of those unique guys that was, it combined all of that, a desire to win, a desire to be the best, a love of the game that he played and, and just a willingness and a commitment to do whatever it took. And like, when you hear him talk, like, and I don't know, like, and that's when you say like, you know, guys who will say like, oh yeah, like we played a good game or like, and some guys are full of shit and you can tell. That's right. When he talks, the the one thing, and I don't know, like, I don't know him personally, obviously, so I don't know if it's real, where he's like, you know, I can't say I'm the best because I never played against, you know, mm-hmm. these guys, different eras, different time. And I stole stuff from Jerry West. I mm-hmm. stole stuff from Dr. J. Mm-hmm. I wish I could like be in his brain and be like, like, because I think he's the goat, obviously. Like, oh, yeah. He's the killer. So I w- he's for the killer me, I would killers. agree. Yeah. yeah. So but I wonder if like, if he really like goes to sleep or night and he's like, you know what? Like, who really knows? Or if he's like. No, I'm the, I'm, the f- I'm the fucking dude, man. Because he's such a murderer. He is. It'd be hard for me to be like, well, maybe he really like. He is. And so in that scenario, okay, so here's a perfect example. Michael is who Michael is. That's who he is, right? And that's his journey. Now, a guy like Michael in an environment of other people that aren't Michaels, you got to figure out how you're going to be who you are in that environment, right? So there's always a top dog. And there's always an alpha, whether it's set or not. And in that, that, like, for instance, in that military community, those guys won't say it, but they know. Yeah. They know who's walking around and they're like, yeah. He's the dude. And, and, and when it gets really cool, when that guy doesn't have to prove he's the dude anymore, and he just becomes really humble and is like, no, you see that guy over there? He's, he's really good at what he does. You see her, probably the smartest, smartest person in the room I've ever met. You see, you know, so... I think that's when it gets really special. And I think that takes some years because you don't have anything to prove anymore. Right. But I think it's always best when someone else says something about you and you don't have to say it about yourself. Well, Cause he's never said it. No, there's not an audio clip where he's like, I'm the greatest ever, which is, would be really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but again, I'm not, old, I'm not like older like him. So maybe. Right. right. With- but I think in the end you, that's where you have to really start to understand, you know, who am I? Where am I and why am I here? And, and that for us becomes, that's where it gets really difficult in, in relationships and in the human condition where I do get to stand for myself, but not against others with dignity. We get to stand for ourselves, but not against others. And how do I stand in who I am and, and also honor who you are, whether you agree with me or I agree with you and move, move forward. that's like, that's really hard work. That's identity work. That's worth work. That's value work. That's, that's getting rid of fear of condemnation, fear of not fitting in, fear of being washed out, fear of being the last guy picked. All that stuff that we deal with, that, that, that's a level of maturity. Um, and also, you know, I've said it to you in love and in kindness and in truth. And if you stomp your feet and run around and scream and yell and whatever, that's not, that's not on me. That's not on me because I did it right. I didn't come at you to... to to, to judge you, to shame you, to guilt you, you know, to, to gaslight you like, and only we know our, our motives and that's all we can work on is my side of the street. What did I bring to the table? What, 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 what was my role in that? And that's really hard, especially when someone else who doesn't know any better, their mess is like 99% of it. And it's really easy to go, well, this person, they did this and didn't do that and did that and didn't do this and did do this and they're a freaking train wreck. And it's like, and what are you going to do about it? Like, what, what about you? Do you feel like that's like social media, like in a nutshell, some of these? Like if you're like, we still post on Twitter. Yeah. Bro, Twitter is like. Oh, it's tough. It's the worst. Oh, you get rocked. Atmosphere you on get the rocked. planet. And I'm like, 
this is all people do is talk shit about other people all day. I think it's a safe place to vent for people. And my gosh, there's enough to need to be venting over. I don't know that it's the healthiest way to do it, but I, I can understand it, I guess. Um, but then at the same time, it's also indicative of just the status quo, the standard operating procedure of the way the world works. That's, that's your clue. You know, we, you and I talked about earlier before we came on, um, there is a difference. And I think you need to decide where you belong and where you want to be around and what you want to, we call what you want to eat. We talk about nutrition, like, right? Like eat well, like what you digest is important. Well, I say the same thing for the human condition. What I let in my eyes is important. What I allow in my ears is important. What I allow in my belly is somewhat important. What comes out of my mouth is most important. And what comes out of my mouth is ultimately driven by what's in my heart. What's in my heart is ultimately driven by what I continue to let into my eyes and my ears and my, and my, my heart, my, my, my soul, my being. And this this cycle that happens. So I'm going to show you how it's different. You see people talking about all that stuff on Twitter, and then you get mad when someone talks crap about you. Can't, can't go there. That's apples to apples, man. Like that's, uh, that's plank and splinter stuff. Like that is no, I can't, that's hypocrisy, right? I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about how you didn't do what I wanted you to do. And then over here, I'm going to smash someone and gossip about someone. Same thing. It's no, great. it's not. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Your libel is their slander. Their slander is your thieving. Their thieving is your gluttony that, you know, their, their, you know, their X, Y, Z and, and their whatever is, is your infidelity. They're all same, same, bro. But we think it isn't. And then we think we're better than, or we think we're different than. No, we're not. So here's the difference. If you're hanging out with a bunch of guys and I've been there and sometimes you have to understand that you're in those environments, not to judge, to love people for who they are, where they're at, but I don't have to pick it up and I'm not perfect. And I think my mentor once told me, he's like, David, as a man of faith, and just as a human being, as a man, life will really start to avail itself to you and, and reveal itself to you once you can honestly understand how broken you are, how many mistakes you've made, how messed up you've been in so many different ways in your life, how much grace you've been given, and that it's okay because you're not perfect. Because if I don't know that about myself, it's going to be really hard for me to give margin to somebody else. And I can look at him and go, dude, I get it. I'm just like you. We're the same. So how can I, it changes the way you look at someone. It changes the way we should relate to people. And as a matter of fact, because I come from a family of recovery and it's, a, it's, a, it's longer than we want to spend in this, this conversation, there's so much there, but we get so angry and so frustrated with someone that's sick and suffering. Right. And we, we, we start to talk about them and then we start to like, you know, try to strong arm them. And, and then we start to make them feel guilty and shameful and all this stuff. And I've been there, I've been through all of it and I've I raised my hand and I've, I've made all those mistakes. And the reality of it is when we step back, if we're not in the fire, if we're not in the moment and that's hard, right? It's so easy to say armchair quarterbacking is so easy. Oh dude, way easier. Oh my gosh. But when you're outside of it, and you look at it and you're like, why would I ever do anything but try to love that person? And that doesn't mean I'm going to you know, feed their disease. Condone it, yeah. yeah. But why? they're sick and suffering. That person is hurting. Like the very first thing you do, can I help you? Because I know you're in pain. 
And I feel really, really bad because I know you're hurting. But no, what do we do? We, that, make, we, we, we add on to it. That's the default. And, but we don't want to, right? Like, but we do. And so when you start to think about all that, you start to realize, you know, if, if I'm hanging out with a bunch of buddies and, and as you're listening, this is not a condemnation. It's just join the party. But it's an opportunity because in the end, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do about it. That's where your power is. That's where your authority is. Because you can. Because you've been given that God-given right to freedom of choice. That is your absolute jumpstart first right as a human being. You have it. So when you're hanging out and you're going out to Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever, you know, we can catch them later for a little, you know. Um, or when you're just down at your buddy's house, at the like when you're sitting around the fire pit and you're bringing someone else into the conversation that's not physically there and you're starting to talk about them, is that the type of guys that you want to be around? Are those the type of conversations you want to have? Because I've been around fire pits where that's not what we're talking about. Those are the fire pits I want to be around. And I'm not there all the time. And I'm not perfect. And I make mistakes all the time. But if I continue to feed myself with that stuff, I'm going to continue to wonder why the world is so messed up and why I feel so disjointed and why I'm so angry, restless, irritable, discontent, frustrated, you know, quick with my words, like, you know, a short fuse, road rage. Like, you don't even realize that stuff is a symptom. And the only way to fix the symptom is to start changing the root. So if I, if I want, that's, that's the fire pit I want to be at over here. We call it like you are where you consume the people, the books, the music, everything you watch and do. But I feel like some people, that's their default is like, Hey, we get together and we just like talk shit about each other. Who's not here or like the gossip. And like, I'm like, like, and dudes do it. Females too. Um, It's a weird thing. It is a weird thing. I don't understand that. No, and it's and it's not who we are. And it's not what we really want to do. But we do it because life is stressful, right? And and there's there's stuff in our past. And you know, like my friend Wayman Howard, he came to one of our activates. He and his wife Susan run this 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 educational platform called Love Defined. Man, it was powerful. It is powerful. And he said when we're in situations in the in the river of life and you know, the storm comes and, and the rapids spin up and it's really crazy and we start to get, we're in trouble, right? We reach to something to make us comfortable. We reach down for a default and we've all got our defaults, right? You start to push me and I start to feel like a caged animal. I'm going to reach for control. I'm going to reach for anger. I'm going to reach for manipulation. I'm going to reach for, we just, that's what we, we wear it well. It feels comfortable on us. It doesn't serve us, but it's so easy to put on. Because it's all we've ever known. And you don't know until you know. So that's what you and I, we talked about one time, the, the concept of just that awareness. Like, And Tom Hurley uh, you know, really helped clean this up for us in, in one of our, another one of our activates. And it was like, like that first step is realizing, like, wait a minute, what, what was that? So the example we've used, I think we even used it on the last podcast, was you know, everything is great. You're having fun in the house. Nothing could be better. Your wife, you guys are just in a great season. The kids are awesome. They got up on time. You know, they, they, they did what they were supposed to do. Their book bags are packed, whatever it is. You know, you got the music in the background. It is an awesome morning. Everything is awesome. You drive out of the house 14 seconds later, someone like cuts you off at a red light and you lose your freaking mind. That's human. But what's foolish is to not do something about it or to become aware of what just happened. Because what we do is we're on to the next thing. So we just stuff that down. Don't even recognize that it happened. When it's gold, 
where did that come from? What is driving that? Yeah. And what do I do about it? And by the way, it's okay. I'm not bad because I felt that way. I'm not an evil person because I reacted that way. But there's an opportunity there for us to not be held back in those chains and those burdens anymore. And we don't even know that we carry them. We talk about fitness. What is fitness? Fitness is energy management. Just get rid of some of that and your fitness will change without even lifting one weight, one rep, one cardio minute. Like, so I think for that alone, just some of that awareness. And for me, it's, I'm just starting now at really this, this past couple of years have been humbling. Um, but I'm starting to see things and learn things. And in the past, I don't think I could have, could have taken them because my identity was so connected to the fact that I needed to be perfect or I needed to be good enough. Failure was an identity, not an experience. All that stuff was real for me that I don't know if I could have handled it. Like I would have probably imploded under looking at myself and being like, I do not like the guy I see in the mirror. I, I hate it. And I would have gone into whatever defense mode or whatever, uh, reaction, which would have probably been really unhealthy for me just because I, I wouldn't be able to stand my own reflection in the mirror. But now after just years of working through things and getting beat up and crawling around and fumbling and stumbling and surrendering and all that, I look at it and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's not an indictment. That's not a punishment. That's an opportunity because my father in heaven loves me enough to let me see it and go, Dave, what do you want to do with this? Do you want to still let this be a part of what controls your operating system? Do you want to still be, let this be a part of what takes your energy and your time? Or would you rather do something different with it? And it's okay, son. You're not perfect. It's okay. And half of it you didn't know. So now I'm just starting to have things be revealed to me where I'm like, ooh, okay. What would I do with that? But is that most people are so, they just, well, first of all, like, I'm a dude, so, like, you just bury shit, like, as deep as you can. Yeah. And just see if it explodes or not. It will. But it's that, and then are we just so busy? Like we are inundated with everything all the time at a pace that like I've never seen before. Like even some days I'll go and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing, man? Yeah. Like, you know, you know, and I like it cause it's almost like a game. Like how much can I get accomplished or get done? But then there's some days where I'm like, dude, like this is like borderline, like lunacy shit. Mm. Like how much you're doing and not in like a night. I don't think like in a super negative way, but I also don't have all these external stressors that I see people who come in here have all the time mm. so it's like when you're so busy and it seems like time goes faster and faster and faster as i get older maybe that's just how it works yeah but it's like is that part of what's going on like we're just so busy with everything in a all the time like we don't get a chance just to be still mm. like you know what i'm saying like when's for most people when do they have 60 minutes of just like no computer no phone no people nothing just silence mm. super rare yeah it is and, without and by that, the way that used to be the norm that's what I'm saying. And it's become the abnorm and it's now become the, the false norm real fast. And so we're trying to catch up with, I think it's for the first time in humanity. If we look back over humanity, I think in the last 10 years, it's the first time technology has really outpaced like the human's ability to adapt to it and, and adapt to it with margin and with grace and with the right bearing. It really, cause it's become so powerful and it's become so fast that we're just trying to figure out, Oh my gosh, how do we get on this train? Like we used to get on this, you know, we used to get on this train that was going 14 miles an hour. This is a bullet train. And at first it's really hard to catch. It's like, Oh my gosh, like I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. Now I'm on it. And I'm half hanging off of it. And I don't know what to do. And eventually you become like a a top gun pilot and you're moving at mock whatever. And it's like peace in the cockpit. 
because you've learned how to control, you understand that race and you've learned how to control the variables that matter for you. And so that comes back to your, your, your physical practice. That comes back to your habits. That comes back to who you surround yourself with. That comes back to who are you? Where are you? Why are you here? And if I don't have that foundation set, then everything the world tells me and sends at me, not the world, any stimulus that comes at me, I think I have to chase it or keep up with it because I don't know who I am and I don't know, I don't know my, my ethos, my operating standards to be able to take that and go, nope, I don't need that. That is not for me. And, and I don't have to judge anyone else in it. You know, that's where we get caught. Like, you, 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 don't, you can't even get off your phone for two minutes. So what? That's not your life. Now, if someone's going to give me, throw, you know, throw shade at me or is going to, like, attack me for something and they're staring at their phone for 47 minutes, like, you didn't tell me this. That could be like, look, seven times I told you the exact same thing, but you were looking at your phone every time. Yeah. So before you, before you want to indict me or before you, that's not my side of the street. Next time, how could I make sure that you hear that? Even if you are on your phone, because that's not about me, but I want to make sure that I get it to you. And it's like, so man, and that's not perfect either. And that's what I think I've gotten to this place where I've been in such a bubble where I'm like, I've got to respond with the right way to everything. And it's like, no, man, I just got, I can't remember where I was, but I had a stretch of a couple of days where things were a little bit beyond my where I've, where I've grown to and where I've evolved to and where I've kind of started to work with things and see some of my own crap and some stuff happen and you start to get low on sleep and you get low on food and something doesn't go the way you want it to go and another thing stacks on and then I caught, I catch myself like, ooh, who's that guy? It's like Eminem. Who's that dude? Oh, yeah. <laughs> who's that dude? And I'm like, oh, okay. Keep coming back, Dave. Like, it's okay. And then I can look at the variables and go, what, what did I do to get myself in trouble? You know, where, where was my Achilles heel here? What was the thing that really poked me, poked the bear and why, you know? So I think f just like learning and being open to that, but then at the same time, I'm not good enough to manage all that stuff. I'm not like, so knowing, then I, like knowing your threshold. Yeah. And just, I'm not that smart, man. Like, so if I'm not good enough to adapt on, on command, and, you know, in some of those situations, well, then what do I need to do? I need to work hard to give myself a foundation that gives me freedom and margin. So who I surround myself with, what, what matters to me, why I'm here. So why do you think I went to this invite only, um, really high end opportunity yeah. with some really cool people, like as a fitness professional performance guy, why would you think from the outside in and, and play it straight? The very first reason? Yeah. To learn? Okay. That'd be my standard, like, well, he wants to go learn something. Okay. If it, Knowing you. Give me some other stuff. Like, just look at it from an – now, let's be real businessmen. Yeah. Look at it from an opportunity standpoint. Give me, give me the list of metrics that would be like, I need to be there because – Well, yeah, you can network and connect with these people. They can yep. become part of your circle, and you can you leverage it and build it onto something else. That would be my number two. Yeah. Like, right off the bat. At leverage it and build it onto something else for what? To make money or okay. to build or to build you up like you know this is again like this is a not people who listen understand this like we've all built ourselves up to be these things in the world that we're in like you know me because i've built up this identity of this 
Like, you know, BJ Gadur because he's built up this, it's a body of work. It's the things we've done. And I'm like, it's how I used to look at everything operationally, you know, until you're in it. And then it obviously changed for me, but I'm like, okay, well, if I'm with muscle and fitness, I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to write for live strong. And then I'm going to take that. I'm going to work with nature all. And then I'm going to get a deal with Reebok and I'm going to just keep presenting this resume and stacking and stacking and stacking. And then at some point it's just like you get older and I'm like, well, these are just cool people. I want to be around and do different shit, mm-hmm. but that's how my brain always worked before. Yeah. And so I, knowing you, I'd say, well, he wants to learn and he can probably contribute, but then selfishly, like he can get a bunch of shit out of it. Yeah. And, and there's truth to that. And oh, by the way, I want to talk to you, but I think the other thing we do as men is we like, then when we try to start learning and seeing the bigger picture and like being more holistic, we start to feel bad about wanting to win or wanting to be successful or leveraging the talents we've been given. Those are great things to do. Those are smart things to do. If you're going to be in business, why not do it well? Why not go at it to, to like, why would you go in the gym and just mess everything up? Like, and hurt yourself and do stupid lifts that don't make any sense and waste your time in there. The time that you don't have, no, like I want to go in and I want to do things that I feel good about doing that make me feel better about doing that. Use my time wisely. And I want to be good at it. Do this. That's totally, that's actually wisdom. Well, that's real wisdom, especially this where I'll take the Pat Rigsby's like, you can like want to help people, but you're a business dude. And if you don't make any money, you're not helping anybody. That's right. And I'm like, it's true. He ain't lying, dude. No, the business has an identity and it requires to stay alive in order to do what it's going to do. And I never got that, by the way. We'll put, put that aside. I'm one of those like. That's what I'm saying, dude. You're I just know. too like you give too much. <laughs> like, I like, hope I'm hoping. It, it, well, you know what? It has come back in so many ways and. I'm hoping I'm storing treasure in heaven. But like man. you, we would like sometimes like have video stuff planned and you'd be like, Hey man, um, I stopped and like, there was like this homeless guy and I'm talking to him right now. And I'm like, bro, um, we got a camera guy here ready to shoot these videos. You're talking to some fucking homeless guy on the street. And that sounds super awesome. And I sound like a dick for like, you know, calling you up for that. And I'm like, but like, we're trying to do this. Yeah. And like, I never understood it cause I was younger and a knucklehead. And by the way, there is truth to that. I've made a commitment. Sometimes you have to be willing to pause one thing to pay attention to the thing that matters, but there also was a commitment there. So I think I balanced it pretty well. I don't think I was too far well, off. Well, no, you you come and you show up and do one take. You have a different talent that most people don't have, so like you can get away with it. You get but away- you're not wrong. No, but like I never understood it because I'm like, why would you do that? And now doing this and how we can make money here, mm-hmm. like doing certain things, I'll still train people. Which is a terrible, like, if, like, hey, I'm going to train. I got a kid. He's, like, 19. We train him. He's, you know, a bigger dude, like, a couple hundred pounds uh, overweight. And I meet him twice a week. He comes in here, and we do some other stuff. That's a terrible financial use of my time. Yes. It's the fucking dumbest thing that I do for this business. Mm. Me doing time for money for this because the, there's no ticket price they could pay. That would probably make any sense. Yeah. But yet I'm going to do it, and I'm like, well, is that not what I'm supposed to do? Because I can get through to him. He likes me. We can talk. You know, he doesn't have a lot of friends. He's homeschooled, all these different things. I'm like, and I can actually help him do fitness, but I could just be over here on the internet and make 50 X doing something. But is that what I'm here to do? Or is that what I'm here to but, do? But, but you get to decide, but it's cool that you get, if you have people around you where you can talk that out yeah. and they're not going to judge you. And I don't know what's right for you. I know principles that make sense. I can give you something to think about, but how do I know? You make your own choices. I'm not your God, and I don't want to be. I've tried to play that in my life, not trying to be God, but trying to think I know what's right for other people. Run that race for a while and see how that works out. 
No. No. It's terrible. But in the end, you know, I, I can say to you, when it's all said and done and you're gone, what's your money do? Well, that's what lets kind of the... That dude's life? Yeah. That's valuable. Well, that's, and, but, but I get it. It's, it's, you, do it cause you, got a, you do have a family and you do have responsibilities and you do have people that count on you and you do have people that are on payroll and you do have people that show up to hear you say something on this podcast. And so it is a balance. But once again, that's what your foundational rudder, your foundational identity helps you. And for me, as weird as it sounds, I would screw everything up. I have all my life. I'm just, I'm a dingbat. Like there's 24 year old kids that had started their fourth business. We're looking at seven different things and I'm over there trying to figure out how do I get this light on outside with a, with a screw bulb so I can shoot hoops at like midnight and be a dingbat. Like, and someone else is out there, like they've already finished their tours, you know, for you and they're on to the next thing. And it's like, I'm just, I was never that I, I can just, I can drift and I can screw things up real easy and just be in the wrong place. But am I? And so there's this balance between that. But here, so let me tell you the reason I went to North Carolina. And this is where this variable for me is just such a game changing variable. And it's really hard to explain, but it's available to everybody. And I think everybody has it, whether they identify with it the way I do, but I think everybody has it. And it's that still small voice inside, you know, for me, I call it the Holy spirit, but for other people, you, you hear something and you're like, nah, nah I'm just that was stupid. And then you hear it and you're like, oh man, you know what? Let me just go over there. Ah, let me just open the door for this guy. Ah, you know what? Let me just call this person. So I think there's this, this whisper and it's not there all the time, but I think when it does whisper, it's really important that we try to listen to it in a world that is screaming all the time. And it's, it's competing for you to hear all these competing noises all the time. And underneath it, there's this whisper. That's usually the thing you need to listen to if you want to change the world. And so I was on the phone with my friend Mickey, who I talked about earlier, who the amount that he and his wife have given to humanity, to people, to the world for nothing in return is incredible. They are just incredible human beings. And I am so honored that I get to call him one of my closest friends. He's so picture this. I had got invited out to a last minute project for another buddy who used to be a ranger, but it's a completely different set of uh, uh, friendships. And he's on a critical point with a company that he's stepping out in, uh, in his early fifties with three kids and a structured life. And I'm so proud of him. And if it makes it, it's going to be super cool. And I can't wait to share it with you guys because I think it could be a game changer, but he got to a place where he knew he's like, man, I need an abundance of counselors and I need people I can trust because I'm at a really critical point. And it's, it's, He's managing it. It was, you know, it's one of those moments. Yeah. So last minute he said, is there any way you could make it out? Ironically, he's in Greenwich, Connecticut. And so he's close to where I grew up. And he's like, is there any way that you can make it out? This was last week. I need like three days. I'm inviting you and one of my closest friends for like 20 years up from Charlotte, who I just, I trust. And I just, I could really use you in my life right now. And I was like, there's no money. It's like, yeah, I can three days. Right. I'm gone. Because I knew someone genuinely needed just me to show up and, and just be, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to do anything to help you. Really all he just needed was to have a moment to know that he wasn't alone and, and to just have some brothers to sound things off of um, so that he knew he wasn't crazy. He didn't need us. He just needed to be recharged and he just needed to plug in. And um, so I'm up there and I'm tired, man. I've been bouncing around and I'm, I'm ready to go back home and, 
Um, I'd just gone up. He asked me to come up. I basically left the morning after my 50th birthday. So I kind of flew out of there in a whirlwind and I'm like, I'm going to go back home and kind of just plug in and just chill with the family a little bit. And my friend Mickey reached out to me like 48 hours notice. He's like, Hey, what, what you got going on, man? Any, any, this, this week, he's like, any way you could make it down, uh, to North Carolina, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of just this past three days. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, well, I had a flight headed out, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty crushed. I had a flight headed back to Phoenix and, um, I said, uh, what do you got going on? And he's like, well, you know, this is it. And this is that. And I said, um, where is it? And he's, he said, it's up outside of, uh, up outside of Fort Bragg in, in North Carolina. And I said, um, how are you getting there? And he goes, oh, I got to drive. And I, cause there's things that just, you know, don't work well on a plane. So he's like, I got to drive. And so I'm like, all right. I said, let, let me just think about it for a minute. And I got to talk to my girls and I got to figure, you know, so I said, let me get back to you. And I just needed to know like kind of the guardrails of it. And so I got off the phone and, and I was just led to look up the drive from Tampa where he is to where we needed to go. And it's like a nine hour drive. Now in that moment, I realized the year my friend Mickey has had, he and his wife, they've gone through some really, really challenging health things. His wife, uh, Kathleen and, um, thank, thank goodness. Thank God that she's coming out of them. But, um, it's, it is. And then just a thousand other things on top of it. And he is a warrior, man. He, of, he's, he reminds me of you. He just puts his, he's like a bulldozer, man. He just puts the blade down and just, go, just go. pushes dirt, bro. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's got capacity cause he's got that background. He's one of those guys. And, but I know that he's had so much on his plate. And in that very moment, I was tired. I'm like, you know, I don't, man, I gotta, the only, the only reason that I went was because I did not want him to take that ride alone from Tampa to North Carolina. That was it. That's what God said to my heart. That guy's not taking that ride alone. And I said, yes, sir. Called him up and I said, yeah, I'll meet you in Tampa. When do you need me to be there? He picked me up. I flew, I got up at whatever in the morning, drove to the airport, JFK in New York from Connecticut, got on a plane, drove to Tampa. He picked me up at the airport. We got in that car. We drove straight through to North Carolina. It took 11 hours and I drove, I don't know, nine of them. And, uh, after the end of the three days, what he said to me was, he's like, bro, I could not have done that without you. Thank you. I couldn't have made it without you. And so for me, I looked back and I could, it wasn't, I, there was n there was no other variable. I'm not smart enough to figure out how to leverage all that stuff. And maybe I should be, but in that moment, all I knew, the reason I was supposed to go was so that man didn't have to make that drive alone. That's it. And I knew it. I heard it in my heart. And I, you know, it's like everything else was like, ah, oh, it'll, it'll be great on top of it. But I didn't want anything from anybody. It was so, it's so cool when that type of stuff comes and it's not every day because you do need to be smart and you do need to leverage your talents and you do need to figure out how to be successful at things. And so hopefully you can share it with others, not just what you get from it. But, um, the only reason I went down there was for taking a, just being a wheel man for my friend, Mickey. So people who are listening who now think you're legitimately crazy, like, like legit, like, what do you do? Like people ask me like, what does he do? And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you what he does. Cause I can't quantify like what you do. I have no idea. Like, I know what you do. Like, yeah. I know a lot of the things that you do, Yeah. but these guys listening, like, well, this guy just seems like he, he'll be anywhere for everybody. And I'm like, but you, and you are that. Yeah. Which is crazy. And not that like I can't do that, but I'm like, there's other. Well, you, you've, you've got a job. 
yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, okay, like, I'm like, okay, like, if my best friend. It's fr- so funny. You always say this to me every now, even yeah. come right at the beginning when we met, where you're like, what do you do? But I'm like, what do you do? Like, and I'm not asking, like, oh, you're an attorney. Like, I don't give a shit about that. I'm like, yeah. But what, and, and, I, and the reason I say it because yeah. every time, like, I would talk to Rigsby, he'd be like, what does he do? And I'm like, Pat, I don't fucking know. And I'm like, he's like, but you see him. I'm like, yeah, like I, he has like this gym and there's like kind of people there training and then he'll like work with the, the normal companies, like the stuff that we know. But I'm like, I don't But then know. he's gone for a month. And yeah. How does a gym? And then my wife will ask and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, the, the, the answer is I, I probably haven't done. It's any, like consulting kind of. Yeah, I do. I So I've had seasons in my life, right? Where, yeah. you know, there was a season in my life where I coached, man, like. 10 hours a day, straight up, yeah. all in, no no fanfare, no glitz, no glam. No one knew my name, Pre, just in the trenches. Pre-social media. And still even now, most of the stuff I do, I'm not on social media. So most of the stuff I no, do, it's not. like it doesn't exist. I know. But it exists. Yes. So just this morning, I was saying some prayers. I'm like, Lord, I got to, you know, I really got to become intentional without starting to chase something, without, but I've got to really be intentional with what I do because it matters for who I who you send my way when you send people can't come to you. If you don't have a sign, like people don't know how to turn left. If you don't tell them to turn left, like if you don't have coordinates, people can't get to the store to buy food to like not starve to death. And so I realized that there are things that I haven't stewarded very well. There are talents that I've buried for whatever reason, my own fears of failure, my, maybe my fears of success, maybe my, you know, uh, my, my thin skin, you know, my, my, myself, uh, my self-worth, my, like whatever, like whatever the reasons were. Yeah. Um, but you know, the way my life has been was I didn't even, wasn't even smart enough to choose what I wanted to do in college, you know, like, and what I wanted to do after college. I had no clue, man. I met someone in an elevator that I shouldn't have been in, in the NFL properties building in New York in 1996. It was, you know, you've heard the story. It's nuts. It's ridiculous. So I think from the beginning, I was called in this. And by the way, at that time, I didn't even have um, faith personally. I wasn't, I was agnostic. You know, you grow up, there's a church down the place. We go to Christmas, Easter, whatever. So it's not even like it was that you're, old. You're this a, was, we call it a creaster, by the way. Yeah. Christmas, thank you. Christmas and Easter. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I like that. Um, so it wasn't even like, oh yeah, God told me to do something. No, like he, something happened in my life that brought me into fitness and wellness. And so I didn't choose it. I was kind of called into it. And ever since then, like anything that anyone would ever talk about that I've done that to them from a world lens would be of interest or would be of value or would be of worth. Oh, he did this in men's health. He did that with blah, blah, blah. He did this with Katie Kirk or this or whatever. Did this with this athlete. Every one of those things had nothing to do with me. Nothing. I can tell you every, you, you pick one. one of the, they could read it. Hey, I saw you on so-and-so. How'd that happen? I'll tell you the story and you're going to go, what, what the, what do you do with that? Like what? what? But isn't that like so much of like what we do is that? It is. But I need, every time I feel like I need more consistency and I do, I, I require either people around me that I need to get around me and myself to be more consistent and to be more disciplined because it matters. But at the same time, I do need that. But at the same time, if I try to box myself in and isolate and focus on something like what happened this morning for me with that young man that walked in my door in the lab that I should not have been in in a million years, there's no plan for today. 
or my five-year plan or my three-year plan or my one-year plan or my morning plan. But we talked about it earlier. Pat Rigsby would say, as long as your business is healthy, that door can stay open for that man to walk through. So that's real. Yeah. I can't ignore that. And I think I do too often. But, but because my day went sideways in a way I didn't want it to, but it was the right thing to do because I had to, sh- to choke down how exhausted I was and wanted to just sleep in. But I had to take care of my daughter's car because her brake lights weren't, weren't, weren't working. She has homecoming tonight, and it's not going to be safe for her to drive around. So I called a place, and they're like, can you get it in right now? And I'm like, guess my day just changed. And I'd gone to bed at, two, like, 1.30 in the morning, and I'd been up. I, dude, I, I was so tired after my last thing that I just left. And you don't know you're tired until you're tired sometimes. Like, I fell asleep on the plane in North Carolina before they finished the announcements. And then after I woke up, I realized, oh, I'm in trouble. I got to like, and all my flights were delayed. It was like an 11-hour travel day. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, just get me home. But that was an awesome training moment. Um, But in the end, for me, this morning went a complete different. And then I get to the place where they're going to work on my car. And they're like, we actually kind of need it for like four hours. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. I don't really have a ride. And I I guess I could call an Uber. And then I'm like, no, forget it. I just walked two miles. I mean, it's cooler now. Yeah, it's but like still, a, who's like going to... It's like 100. Dude, put, <laughs> hit an Uber button, bro. Yeah. Like, make it... Like, that's also part of my problem. What burdens I pick up, what burdens I don't set down, whose burdens I pick up, which I probably should pick up more with intentionality, not for dysfunction, but when, you know, and then allowing yourself to be smart enough to take help when you need it, right? Classic guy stuff um, So that I struggle with all the time. But I'm like, no, I'm choosing... And I told this young man too, I said, like, for an example, I chose to walk. I made a choice. But if after that choice, if I look back and watching film was always where you really get to see, but most of us don't watch film. We just keep moving forward. We're like, we don't even look back at what, what actually happened, what I do, what I feel. So if I look back at that moment of walking and all I could tell you about is, man, it was so freaking hot out. Like what a pain in the eye. I took that. And it's all a complaint. That wasn't a healthy choice for me. It wasn't. Like, and I can learn from that. If afterward, I'm like, I took that walk because of the timing. Because of the timing. Because I took the walk, it changed the time that I went into that lab, which was the exact time when that young man walked by my door. And then he came back. That was the reason. There's always a reason when I'm able to look at something bigger and then I've got to remember what matters. What's the mission? And it's sometimes I get caught up staying too long with a, with a homeless person or staying too late with a whatever person. And, and it's true, man. Like I have a responsibility to my family. I have a responsibility to my wife. I have a responsibility to my daughters. And so I'm trading time somewhere else for something good, but I'm sacrificing time for something good. And I, I mess that up a lot of times, but I try to do, I try to do what's right in my heart, but I, I need to learn from those things. And I'm still learning the hard way sometimes. But today I'm grateful that my morning worked out the way it did in a way that I never have planned, that I was sitting on the other side of that door. So when that person walked by, I was there. And for me, that's a metric of success for me today. And what I have to believe is that with a little more effort, a little more focus, um, and, and a little bit of, of, of grace, that that stuff comes back. And maybe not in money, um, but in other, other ways, in, in other blessings. So we call it a harvest of righteousness, right? Like um, that when you, when you're guided, and by the way, I'm also not saying that I'm, I'm good. 
I'm saying there's a voice that comes into my head sometimes that I can't not listen to. And it tells me to go somewhere and I don't want to, but I go because I know the voice is the voice I'm supposed to listen to. So I just go. I just, I'm willing. And if you tell me to go, I'm going to go and I'm going to trust you with the outcome. All I need to know is one called go. Right. And, and that's as far as I can see sometimes the other times when good things happen for me or other people are like, well, that's a cool story. I'm trying to go left legitimate. I want to sleep in. I'm exhausted this morning and something happens where I'm like, Oh, of course, of course I gotta go deal with this this morning. Right. And then I'm going to walk to it. And then it's like, dude, am I at 50 years old? Like where I'm at now? Like I'm walking cause I don't, I, I, I can't get a ride from a place that's fixing my car. Like what a waste of my time. Like those thoughts come into my mind and yeah. I'm like, no, I'm just supposed to walk and I'm just supposed to enjoy this walk and be grateful that I can stand on my own two feet, that the morning isn't as hot as it could be, that there's a breeze blowing out here and I'm just supposed to walk and I'm, 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 I'm grateful for it. So it's that wrestling, but I still think I'm, I'm, I'm going the wrong way. So if I could tell you the stories of things that are good in my life, and I am so grateful for the organizations that invested in me and taught me and, you know, basically helped build me to a place where I have some, some, you know, some success and fitness, I guess. Um, those organ I am so thankful for those organizations and the, the way that I got to them. But if I was to tell you the stories, if I could come up with them and say, you know, this, this story, this person, this situation, this, this was powerful. This was meaningful to me. And I backed it up. What did you do right before that? I will guarantee you one of two things happened. Something went wrong that I didn't have planned. Something happened that I didn't have planned. And, or there was this voice inside my head or my heart that said, go that way. When I was trying to go a different way almost every one of them. I don't know what to do with that. So I just keep doing that. But I think like there's so many things like when you look at like even my life, I'm like little things like that have like these four things happen, like, and it seems like an impossibility. Mm. And then here I end up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if I, t if I tell you the story, like how I meet Pat Rigsby, like, so I grew up in this place where, you know, Jeremy Belter, Yes. So Jeremy Belter is best friends with one of my close friends, Ryan Peterson. But I don't know Jeremy like as I'm growing up. They're older than me, whatever. I moved to Scottsdale, Phoenix. I've never been here. I didn't Google it. Like I didn't. I mean, Why'd you come? I mean, it was May 17th in Minnesota and it was snowing. And I'm like, I've had enough. And I'm, because I didn't have, there was no direction. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, I didn't have a career. Like, I just kind of was. I can totally relate to that. Like, I kind of sucked at everything I was trying to do. And it didn't pan, like, because I always thought, you know, okay, well, I'll graduate college. And, like, I'll be the man in something else. Not the case. Nobody gave a shit about anything I was doing <laughs> before. I had no real skills. And I thought, though, I'm like, well, if I just, like, work during the week, that would be, even if it's a job I hate, like I can still enjoy the weekends, blah, blah, blah. Mm. That was not for me either. So I drive out here, like sight unseen. Long story short, I don't really know what I want to do. I'm already fit though. I look the part, but I don't know anything. I mean, I have like the certifications, but it doesn't mean shit. Like I just, I was lost. Mm. And Ryan's like, yeah, you know, well, Be Belter's doing fitness, you know, in like somewhere in Wisconsin. He's like, you should give him a call. And I'm like, you know, again, this is being fully transparent. I'm like, well... I'm more shredded than him. Like, fuck it. What is he going to tell yep. me? And this is me at 25 years old. And I'm thinking, thinking that 
how I look or how I can perform or how strong I am somehow is more important than like what he's doing, but he has a business and he's running, he's making money. So I give him a call. He walks me through 10 super important things, gives me these names. One of them is Pat Rigsby. I write it on a piece of paper because I called him when I was like shooting hoops on a Saturday, like playing basketball because I don't have a job. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Thanks, dude. I take the piece of paper, I throw it in a baseball cap and it sits in my car for probably like two weeks. Until one day I just like type it in on the internet, get on his newsletter email list, and then a lot of it just kind of dominoes from there. Hmm. And again, even that though, when he, when I put his stuff in, it's like the first email he sends, you can make $10,000 a month in fitness. And I'm like, this fucking con artist, dude. I'm like, who could ever make 10? I mean, and now obviously the world is. And they're out there. He's not one of them, yeah. but they're out there. And I'm like, how is this a thing? And all of a sudden, like, that's how that all started. Yeah. But I could have easily not wrote that name down thrown in the trash, done whatever. And maybe Pat and I weren't, wouldn't have been compatible or who knows, but that's how my like business acumen in this life started. Mm. One of the best people, in my opinion, probably the best oh. in terms of like, I'm not judging anybody else. He don't drive a Ferrari. Nope. He's not living in a 50,000 square foot house. The dude lives in Louisville, Kentucky, drives a Jeep Grand Cherokee. He's the most like normal down to earth dude ever. He is and, an, just an incredible human being. And, and I love him. Crushes. Crushes it. And I'm like that. That has to be like. There's some reason that that happened. Yeah. That's how. That's how I feel. Yeah. Because I'm like I, the impossibilities of all these things, to just kind of like line up the way that they did, and that puts me in like your circle. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it does. Down chain. That yes, puts me in BJ's circle, and everybody else. Like yeah. I don't meet all these guys. Yeah. I don't meet you. Yeah. Crazy. But you did your part, and you know I was telling my friend. Um, Mickey, I talked to him on the way in, as I said, and, and I was telling him, like, you know, this guy, another thing about Jeremy is he just has this, he has an ability to do the things that people don't want to do consistently and does them well, which what a skill that is so rare. And I said, in the same thing, he also really stays in his own lane. You know, he's got this uncanny ability to, to be a part of things and to do things that really leverage off the core of what he believes in, what he does and what he's good at. And and he's, he's, he's just consistent and he's smart. And so you have, you have brought to, you have brought, um, a gift that you have in an entrepreneurism, entrepreneurship that most, most people don't just because you get it. It's like goodwill hunting. He's like, you know, some people can just look at, look at a piano and play you've worked, but you had a, th you, you thought a way and your thinking was different. And then you applied what you took the gold and you leveraged it right and you got more talents you took two and made five you took five and made ten and that's good stewardship but i think you hit on the point that when most of us look back you, you there's no five-year business plan that gets you saying i hate minnesota and i'm i'm gonna pick that place yeah. And you left going like, I'm not really great at anything. I don't know what I want to do next. I'm going to a place that I don't know. I'm leaving my home. And that leads you to connecting with someone who actually helps set the foundation to change your life. And here's this conversation now, 15 years later or whatever it is. And, and it's a completely different story. And that's also one of the things that I wanted to talk about what, because I'm old enough now to see it and people saw it in me, train wrecks become beautiful beautiful stories become beautiful, beautiful, like well-oiled machines. And, and I did, 
And so when you look at someone, you're like, oh, gosh, what a disaster. Oh, they're never going to figure it out. Oh, this person's such a mess. Oh, that thing's such a mess. Oh, I made such a mistake. You're Here's a perfect example. You're sitting right in front of me. Like, it, it, it's, it's amazing how when you can step back and look at something from long-term eyes, 20-year eyes, instead of today's eyes. If you can see someone in something like that, because it's what always happens. You're telling me you were a train wreck at 24 years old. No, dude. I was a train wreck at 23 years old from other people's opinions. This dude's got no idea where he's going. He doesn't have some big degree behind him. He doesn't have some skill set. He da 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 da. He's from a small town. He didn't grow up with money. He but you know all like he's doomed. This guy's got no. He doesn't even know what direction's up. He doesn't know. Like someone who had wisdom and who had experience and who had it together and who was successful would look at me and be like, "Nice guy. Got a pretty good heart. He's he's kind. He's but." He's, he's in trouble, man. This dude is a train wreck. And so I, I just think that f- for every single human being, that's possible. And if that's what I believe, then I've got to stay in the game to be able to walk alongside the people that are sent my way. Because that's, what's a- that's to me, what, what activating the best in someone is. And, and by the way, I don't know what your best is. But I know that if you're still believing you're not good enough, if you're still talking about someone at the water cooler, that's not your best. That I can say, I know that isn't, that, in my opinion. Yeah. There's something else for you. And if you'd be willing to try it, you, what was it like? What I do? What's it like now? I bet you what it's like now would be a lot different than what it was like. And so I think that's important for me also, you know? Um, but I love that. I love that when we look back, we're like, my gosh. Well, I just like the, and my friends hate when I say this, I'm like, I got lucky, dude. There's some lucky breaks that come your way. Like, yeah, I work super hard. I don't think anybody works harder than me. That's not an ego thing. I just mm. fucking, I believe yes, that. Yes, you do. I just don't believe that you can You're do more than I'm doing. You're one of the hardest workers I've ever met in my life. But even with that, like, I had to get lucky along the way. There's certain things where, whether it's timing or, like, I meet yes. you. I don't meet you at 23. I meet you and I'm like 29. Yeah. I'm not as much of a dipshit. At that point, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it just worked out better. Yeah. You know, the, the timelines of things. And I think my life cycles of just, like, the world, the economy, how things just mm. kind of played out. I took advantage of certain things. I'm like, but there has to be luck there. If I'm born five years later or yeah. five years earlier. Like, yeah. it's the miracle of, like, being a human, first of all. It's like one in 80 oh trillion, some oh crazy gosh. shit. So, it's like, I think about that. And I'm like, and I'm stuck in, like, yeah, I'm not, you know, Jordan, which would have been a gift and a curse, but still I think it'd be fucking awesome. Yep. I'm like, but I'm not six, six, but I am like, but you are you, I'm pretty fucking athletic and I'm yep. pretty fit. And my brain works in this fucked up way that like, I'm just, I call like this perfect level of like fucked up. Mm. Like I'm just like rough enough. Like, so it's like, you can't really like damage my feelings like that way, but I'm like not so rough where it's like, I can't, yeah. I'm not in dickhead you, you all the time. You do have a good, bl- you do have a really good blend and that's rare. That's a gift though. It is a like, gift. what does that like come from? Like upbringing experience, all the certain things it comes from and it does. And it comes from grace, man. And I talked to Tommy Baker about this too. Like you can't unwind it. No. Like you can, you can try, but you can look back at your life and be like, well, how did you write that down? And did you write down that on your five-year plan, your three-year plan, your one-year plan? Like, can you take credit for it? No. And it's like, well, then then you assign whatever term you want to that. So here's where it gets interesting on the faith side. The world looks at that as luck. You know, the world look at that as like, no, man, I I look as like, I think that's what happened for you. And so when I'm able to like that walk for me, 
Like that walk in any other day in any other way, or, or even 20 years ago in my life could have been an absolute pain in the ass disaster. I didn't get the sleep I needed. I'm frustrated about that. I got to take care of this stupid car that's got problems. I got to go over to this dumb place that da 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 da, and they can't get me in whatever. And then now when I get there, they tell me that it's going to take me longer than I thought. So now I need a way to get out of here. And then I got and then I had to walk outside, and I didn't have the clothes on that I wanted to walk in. And da 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 da. And I could, that is a true narrative. That's what happened to me. Because that's where my brain—that's all I could see. Because it's about what I. What's about what I think is the metric of success or what I think is supposed to happen or what I think is supposed to work. Perspective. My perspective. And then there's a moment where I'm at a place I shouldn't be and a door opens up and it's this young man standing in front of me and I know he's there for a reason. And I know I'm supposed to be in there that day. I've been in my lab like 12 times in the last six months. No shit. Well, you've been traveling. Bro. Yeah, and I was there that day at that time. Not because I said, you know what I need to do? I need to show up and I need to make somebody's life better. I, I'm going to go there. And some days I do. I'm just going to go sit there. Literally, some days I'll be like, today I'm just going to go and I'm just going to sit in there. I'm going to do work, but I'm just going to be there just in case someone walks in. That's it. I'm going to put some candy out in front on Halloween just in case a kid comes by. Because I don't want to. I want to. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that one's got some. <laughs> no, but it's it's true. You say it like, and I'm not trying to get like super serious, but like Heather and I were here going to do a podcast like on a Sunday, and one of our members here just like showed up and like sat here and like shared this whole life story for like 45 minutes. She's crying. She's doing all this stuff. We were just here. The yeah. door's locked. Yeah. We're about to do work, whatever. But just being present is everything. It's like if you look at, and again, I'm not trying to tell people how to run their business and fitness, and I do all the same, you know, metric stuff to you know get views and likes and comments and opt-ins and it's just it's it's making money but the things that really matter are not me doing some shirtless like workout with tupac playing in the background yeah that helps people in one way i go but what we really do is this thing Mm. like this is what we really do Do you know what they call that in the bible it's called the tent making ministry that's literally what it's called, a tent-making ministry. And the re- and I'm going to explain it to you. And I think you're spot on. And now I'm really excited for you because you're starting to see it in your own life and your wife is seeing it, which makes it even better that you see it together as, as a married couple because that's your most important relationship on earth other than if you have faith, that. But you ain't getting that right unless you're getting that right. They, they feed each other. Yeah. Um, but that's what that's called. And so what Paul did, he was an apostle. You know it. I know you know some of that stuff just from being around it in your upbringing. But... Oh, CCD? Yeah, I mean, Oh, yeah, bro. I went yeah, deep. You did. I went deep. I went deep. Yeah, you did. I'm not C-C-A. trying to talk shit about anybody, but like I listened like because that's just like, my brain is this auditory thing where like I just memorize stuff where it's funny like a lot of other friends who like went through the whole like, you know, first communion, confirmation, everything, didn't retain a fucking word. And I'm like, <laughs> what were you doing there the whole time? Like we were stuck there every, it's like, and CCD for me as a kid, you would go like after school. Yeah. Like, so you go to normal school, play sports and it's like at night. Oh yeah, fun. And I'm like, real fun. Oh my God. Yeah. They make church so fun. The worst, dude. <laughs> First, it's a Catholic too, so it's like this. Yeah, yeah. It's just not a. Yeah, there's it, burden oh, sometimes. And, my my yeah. wife will take me. She took me to like some place here. It was like a rock show. I'm like, what yeah, the? F-? Like I had yeah. a jumbo screen. They got a fucking band. I'm like, bro, this is not what I walked That's into. Right. Yeah, different. And I love it, man. Like I, I, I love. I have some of my closest, amazing friends have grown up really devoutly Catholic, and you could be like, you could be anywhere, and and 
and and be incredible and you could be anywhere and, and kind of miss the mark sometimes but all of them have good in it if you're willing to look for it yeah um but uh you know where were where was i where were we use uh paul yeah 10 making ministry thank you sir yeah. you're 50 you know bear with me yeah. <laughs> um so i uh what he would do is he would make tents so how about this here's a guy that's been single-handedly anointed by God to spread a message and to be given wisdom. Like you were chosen, um, but you're not going to take money from people. You're actually going to pay. You're going to earn your own way. When I'm blessing you with something and giving you a gift, I'm going to earn my own way and I'm going to work hard to do it so that I don't have to burden you. Cause that's not what this is about. I want to give you something and I want to reduce as many barriers as I can for you to receive it freely and fully. So he worked and he made tents. And he made awesome tents. And why did he make tents? Because in that time, people would travel that had goods or, or would go to synagogues or whatever. They were usually people that had influence, resources, wisdom, a community. So he knew that if I could make these really good tents for people, I would meet people that are connected to community, are connected to influence, that have, have reach, have resources, have relationships, that if I could connect with them, those are people that might never make it into the church. But if I've got a good enough tent, they're going to be like, Hey, there's this guy that makes tents. And when the winds blow out there and when the storms come, they hold up and they're really good. You should go find them because he makes good tents. It's a tent making ministry, but really he made the tents so that he could connect with people, but he made the tents really well. And he was smart about how he did it to connect with people that he would never be able to connect in any other way. So we've always talked about fitness as a tent making ministry for me. And, and that's where I really get compelled to be like, okay, I got to get my crap together. And I'm saying that now at this age of my life, because I want to do it, not just me. I want to do the best I can to do it really well to honor people. You know, you, 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 if I want to, if I want to talk to people about something bigger or something different and I'm like, okay, I'm going to serve people pancakes. Right. And I got all this like weird stuff written on my walls and this music playing in the background. And it's kind of like weird churchy stuff or whatever it is. And someone comes in and they try a pancake and it's like a three, you know, on a one to five. And it's yeah. like, eh, dude, they're weird. This pancake's terrible. But if I make a five plus that same dude or that same lady is going to go out and be like, listen, the dude's a little weird. He got some weird stuff on his wall. I think he might be one of those like faith people. He got some kind of weird music playing sometimes, but they're the best pancakes I've ever had in my life. They're going to blow your freaking mind. Let's go have some pancakes. That's the whole point. You do the thing with excellence so that you can do the thing that's excellent. And it's always something behind the something. But the something, that's what we struggled with Activate for all those years and what I still wrestle with. How do we do what we do with excellence? So whether people stepped into anything else, they would get the best we could possibly deliver because that's our first form of worship. How do I give you something that's that's as good as anyone else can do it. And if I'm trying to say I'm, I'm, I got a higher purpose and a higher power, that's the very least I should give you. Right. But then secondarily, it's that gives, and my friend Mickey, we were just talking about this too, that he, as a guy who has mentored CEOs of huge companies, families, athletes, high end operators, you know, special operations guy, you know, you name it, seen thousands of people, counseled thousands of people mentored from a leadership perspective because that's one of his giftings 
he just said to me, and he's looked all around because his mission is how do I serve people and try to get them to feel and know the, and by the way, I can't force you to do it. I just want to present you something where you can feel that there is something different. There is, you make the choices you want, but that's my mission. That's his mission. And so everything for him is a tent making ministry. And he said to me a couple months ago, he's like, David, I've, I've looked high and low everywhere. And he said, I believe in my opinion as a, as an executive pastor right now for the last 10 years, that fitness is the last viable real way to reach and serve people in a meaningful way for the non-churched, the unchurched and the church people in our country. Fitness. When people like fitness, you've got someone looking at it from a completely different lens saying it might be the most powerful place left in this country to connect people with each other and to build communities of purpose and have the ability to build relationships with people. I can buy that fitness hundred percent, which is powerful. Right. And so I think, well, you think about it, you come in here and all the things that in the, like the world, they don't matter. Right. Like when you're here, Oh, you're the CEO, you have a private jet, you work for a nonprofit. You can barely afford to come here. We scholarship you, you're divorced. You got nine kids. Nobody gives a shit. That's right. Cause it's all even here. That's right. And there's this, again, if you're like a, you're the coach and this is the team, that's kind of how I look at it. Like you can all hate me together because the workout sucks in like some masochistic, like fun way while you love it. Yeah. And you all kind of like, Jeremy, you suck. Are you mad today? You know, in a joking kind of way, but that's what you do. And then they become friends when they would have not met in any other capacity in any other world. There's people here that there's no way we would have become friends. Like, how am I from where I'm from going to meet somebody who owns a fucking jet? Right. I'm not trying to, I'm like, this is yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. And now these people are super close to us or they're 22 years difference than me. Yeah. That just doesn't happen in like, and in, in become so close and share all these things. Yeah. But fitness is the thing that did that for us. It's so powerful. And I, we overlook it so many times. And, and the beautiful thing is you win twice with it. Like it's the thing that can connect you to deeply meaningful relationships. Like, like very few, there are other things, um, but it's one for sure. Um, but it also helps you like be healthier, live longer, feel better, do things you love to do. So it's like a double win. Like oh, dude. you're getting, it's not just, by the way, I love chess, checkers, cribbage, cards, like shooting hoops, like what, whatever. All those things are, are really good common thread connectors and bringing people together. But fitness gives you this extra added value for the use of your time. Like you're taking care of yourself and you're, it's, it's your health. So it's like this double win. It's this double blessing. Um, so, you know, we, we talk about like how powerful community is and just loving people and let them know that like they belong and, and being intentional with that. I think you falling into the fact that, Hey, we, we know that we do this and we're seeing that there are bigger reasons for it. So we're going to keep doing what we do as well as we can, but that's not only why we do it. That's the necessary that we need to do Tom Hurley. That's the necessary that we need to do in order to do the extraordinary that we're called to do. And every single person that's listening to us right now, like, you know, I, I'll tell you two stories real quick about tent making ministries and how powerful they are. Uh, two, two individuals uh, that I'm thinking of right now. One of them is, is a lifelong mentor of mine, uh, just in life, but also in my faith. His name is Tony. Tony drove a taxi, uh, started out in construct, had a really rough upbringing, started out in construction, was good at it. Uh, and then wound up joining his wife's family had like a very humble, uh, piece it together sometimes, um, 
taxi service, car service out in Massachusetts. And you would think about someone like that. And I've met some people in my time zipping around to Katie's show or X, Y, and Z where you've got these drivers. And I remember one time, and I, I get from Tony to this because we used to talk about proximity is power and, and where you sometimes where you think you have nothing for the world, it's the most valuable thing in the world. And so I remember once, I think I was shooting um, a project out in Hollywood and I had this driver that I got familiar with because I was out there uh, over the course of a year. And sometimes I would spend two, three weeks out there. Uh, so I got to know him and he was a person of faith. And he's like, you know, I just feel like I've, I've just not able to, to do the things that I want to do. And my life hasn't amounted to what I wanted to. And I'm just like driving this car. And, and I said, but only because I have a mentor who does this and I know the impact that he's had on my life. Talk to me about your job. And so he just started talking to me. I said, who, who's in your car? And it's, he's not driving a car that's driving around. Like, by the way, every person matters. Every, they, if they're here, they matter. Cause from my perspective, on a faith perspective, there was a moment in time in the creation of the universe when everything stopped and there was one singular focus that happened at least for a moment in the creator's mind that said, Jeremy Scott, just the way I've made him, he's worthy of life. He's the apple of my eye. Your existence here tells me that there's something way bigger than me that said that you're, you're worth something and you have value. That's the proof that you have value is the fact that you're actually alive on the face of this earth. And science also stacks up retinas, fingerprints. No one person is exactly the same. They'll say our DNA is slightly, oh, it's just like a minor part portion of a percentage different. We're all so close. That minor portion of a difference is like kajillion billion. Like there's so much difference in that. Like it's everything. It's, but, but it is small, but it's everything. So, you know, they line up one of a kind, right? One of a kind. So there is worth and there is value in every single human person that breathes air on this earth or ever has or ever will, period. Um, and that's part of our job also to remind people that they do have, they are valuable. Because most people will say with fitness, I got no time and I got no money. Well, that's not a time or a money problem. That's a value problem. And it's okay because I've been there. But you and I know that's a value issue. You don't realize how, how valuable you are, how worthy you are of your time and your money. You just haven't seen it yet. So maybe over time, this community and some of us will help you see it because it's in you. And I've been there. Um, so I was talking to this driver and he said, we know what we kind of talked about was sitting in this car are giants of, of screen and theater and radio, CEOs of organizations, high wealth, health net worth, wealth people. I said, if you're a person who wants to talk about God to people of influence, where else would you, where else would you strategically, like if you were wargaming it, like, okay, how do we spread the word to people that can really change the world? Tell me the places that you would ultimately drop yourself. And if you were like secret service, special forces, you know, CIA prop, like, you know, counterintelligence, where would you go? You would drive a high end car limo service with people of influence that are stuck in your car with you for an hour, sometimes at a clip in LA traffic yep. just to be available, just to build a relationship, just to maybe one day. When they said something about their wife or their kids or a struggle they're having and you just asked a question and in that moment, you change the life of someone that can change the lives of many. That's significant. But people, like, I'm just a car driver. We, we just met a guy in North Carolina. Shouldn't have been where we were. Like, nothing else open. Wound up going to BW. BW. Yep. <laughs> um, 
and uh that was it right so we wanted to go inside this these couple had this dog outside and so we're like eh but it was nice out we're like can we sit out there as a dog and they're like yeah let me see if we can get you a table so we get out there and then you know classic i'm like just felt led to start chatting so in the end i'm talking to um devon davon davon and uh, davon tells us that he is he had um He's a uh, two-time felon who then went and served uh, in the Army uh, or vice versa. Army, two-time felon, either way, self-admitted, made a ton of mistakes, told a story about how he saw it, and then made a choice and made a decision. He's This guy is an incredible – and his, his significant other is a rock star. What she's doing with counseling for youth and it's – the fact that they're together, they're like – I'm like, I, there's so much good – in what you two are going to be able to help each other do. Um, but Davon is a barber. He cuts hair. And what I spoke into him, because I believe it, I'm like, do you want to know one of the greatest barber shops ever? The possibilities on any corner of any street where people need it the most in any place in the world? It's called a barber shop. Do you know how much influence happens to people in a barber shop? Do you know how many people gather in a barber shop? Do you know the kids and the guys that sit down because they want to come in and they want to see the athlete or or the local truth be told, warlord, drug lord, whatever, someone who's got power and authority and swag and street credit and they want to just be around them and they want to see their hair get cut and they want to sit and listen. And I said, "What an opportunity you have standing behind that chair." And if you're really good at what you do, that's why people will come. Where'd you get lined up? Oh, that's it. This is where I go. Oh, that's it. Because you've got a skill that people want. But he, his whole thing, he's, he's like, I have this, 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 this story, this platform, this education, this concept, this mission called goal. And he's like, I want to do, I want to create a space where people can come and, and I have a goal for hopefully what they will discover and what they will hear and what they will be able to connect to in my barbershop. And I'm like, man, Dave, and I can't imagine how many lives you're going to change because when someone walks into a different barbershop, they're going to hear different conversations, right? For sure. Like, and they're not going to be helpful to anyone. Not in, not in, not in, not in quote unquote real life. Yeah. Different environment. Yeah. Right. And they think it will. But I said, imagine that imagine that you didn't exist. And imagine you didn't cut good hair. Like you gotta be great at what you do. And he's like, that's he's like, I have to continue to pursue my craft so that I can cut great hair. And but that's why people will walk in his door, but when they walk in there, they're gonna have an opportunity to hear something different. And to me, that's a tent making ministry. He's gonna cut great hair. So that people will come in and they might have an opportunity to hear a different conversation, which just might change their life and the generations of their family. S- same. It's just cutting hair, man. It's teaching jumping jacks, dude. It's just teaching jumping jacks. That's what I say. But, but it's more than that. And sometimes we just got to teach jumping jacks. Like, dude, lighten up, Francis. Like, that's where I got to go sometimes. It's like, okay, Dave, come on, dude. Just throw a freaking med ball and t- stop. My, my girls will say, oh, uh, here we go. Greatness is key. That's what they, <laughs> dad's about. All right, dad, I'll start saying something. Hey, girls, tell me about uh, what your friend, what'd you say to your friend? And they're like, oh, here we go. Greatness is key. Right? They're gonna, here comes the talk. Here comes, and sometimes you just don't have the talk. 
Sometimes you just pick up a ball and you wing it off a wall and you high five a dude and you're like, dude, have an awesome day, man. And that's it. Shut up. <laughs> you're not gotta, trying to fix you, save you, change you, cure you. You know, you I don't, don't got to unpack every no. single thing. Well, that's part of one of my default, like Achilles heels, like, cause I see it and I'm like, oh, let's go there. It's like, no, sometimes I just want to, can we just like sweat together, smile together, high five and be like, I, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, for this whole podcast, people are going to be like, this dude is a different level. Um, <laughs> because you do Don't have him back. You do it with every little thing I go, but for me, like I steal that from you. Because otherwise, like, I wouldn't have looked at certain things the way that I do. Mm -hmm. If you're like, okay, like, here's your gym. Okay, you got these ladies working out here. These two kids are playing over here. Do you understand how much is going on here? And I'm like, we're fucking doing fucking exercise, dude. Yeah, I understand. You're like, no, 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 no. These kids are playing. Like, And you break it down. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's not wrong. Because the lens you look at it through is different than I would. Yeah. Because mine was very, it's just elementary. You know, it's the same thing. Like, But it's tactical. And it's important. But there's a lot of stuff like and again there's a there's a balance there. I yeah, can't draw it for There anybody. is a balance. But it's like it can't be all nope the way you do it. It can't be all just sets, reps, and grinding. There's a mix there. There is. And I see it now like in our like we do these groups on Sunday. Uh, it's like their church, basically. We come in here and we all just die. I mean we're doing the worst workouts ever. We're trying to just kill ourselves basically. Yeah. And but I can watch it, them building a threshold, them building relationships, like doing things they wouldn't do, and like a camaraderie that wouldn't exist without it. Mm. And 10 other things inside of that were like, hey, maybe this guy's struggling with this. He becomes friends with this guy because he's been through this, and so he can go help him. It's like, okay, none of that would exist if I didn't just hey, say, hey, one time I'm going to do this awful workout, and you guys are invited to do it. Yep. And then there's a little- And if that door wasn't open and your bills weren't paid. And you're, and that's what I got to continue to remind myself. And I have to remember that, you know, and I sat in there today in my lab and I'm like, you know, is that door, like, what do I need to do to keep that door open if that's what you want? And because, because I've had thousands of stories walk through that door, I really have. And most of them when I shouldn't have been there when I'm looking, you know, doing something else or whatever. And, but I just continue to know, like, as long as I'm around, I know that door's open, someone's going to walk through it and, um, I want to be ready for them. So like, this today, it wouldn't have been as powerful for, for this, for this young man, Taylor, if I didn't have a skill to teach him, if I didn't have something to show him that related to his fitness that mattered to him, I did. And so I had to use the X's and O's, right? And by the way, where, where am I going to get, where am I trying to get with him? You know, in the past it was like, oh, I can help him see this and fix that and change this. No, dude, I just want to know what matters to you in your life. And I just want to be like, dude, like, how can I help? Are you good? We're good. Like, and there's no, there's no requirement for you to walk through that door. And cause you're not like me. Oh no, you need to do that. And you need to do this and you can't swear and you can't come as you are, man. And yeah, if we got some 11 year olds in here, you know, we keep it, you know, try to keep it PG. If we got some like, or if we're in here, like, you know, in the middle of prayer, let's not drop some F bombs in the background and let's not. So I do manage my culture, but, and, and for some people, that's not where they want to be. And that's okay. At least, you know, like James Wilby used to say, like my, my clarity is kindness because if I'm not clear about who I am and what I do, and I don't go, I don't go crazy. Like you can walk in my door and have no idea. I'm a person of faith. Um, cause that's not what it's about for me there. And, but at the same time, there are some guardrails that, that are important to me. And I think that allows the, the people that to come in to feel comfortable there. And like, 
don't come to a hot dog stand if, if you don't like hot dogs. You need to know that I sell hot dogs, right? And not hamburgers. Because if you come here, you're going to be disappointed. So, but, but you're welcome as you are. And I've struggled with that. You know, I've really struggled with, do I put a, a tighter filter and a tighter funnel on, on who I gather? Because there is truth to that, you know? Like if I'm gathering people that have different beliefs in life and different levels in life and different whatever in life, then it's really hard for them to kind of, it, it doesn't give them an opportunity to spool up and to cover ground with something that's like-minded. Like you gather like-minded people, you give them a you feed them a couple things like to get them going and then you get out of the way. You, you, the community is really where the value is because relationship to me is the currency that, that is priceless relationships. If, if our relationship is built on transaction, you know, like I want to sell you that I want to buy it at this price. Okay. We're cool. Let's go play golf or whatever. Yeah. The moment your price changes or my product changes, this relationship is no longer viable because <laughs> it was about a transaction. It was about a thing. It was about a different metric. But if I can build a relationship with you, Bef and the price changes or my product changes, it doesn't blow up. It's, bro, how can we figure this out? The relationship has currency. Well, and it's built through community. Well, that's what this, that's why, I mean, we still, we do this for a handful of reasons, but I'm like, this is everything to us. Mm. It's the reason I just don't pick up and like move somewhere else. Mm. Like I can make money doing fitness now unattached to anything. That's right. But I can't replicate this. This is not going to come back again. Not, not. I don't. I don't think I have the fucking energy to to oh, to, to, to redo it from zero. I go, but I can't replicate the same people. Yeah. And what we built and like what you've done, and they don't. And that's why I say like, I'll I'll sometimes say it on here like, okay, well, if this was, you know, if I only did this transactional, I could make more money. I don't know if that's true, because. But what are you going to do with the money? Well, that's in how much do I need? Yeah, because you know what we're trying to do with money. We're trying to find relationship <laughs> and significance and community and purpose and meaning and love and connection and belonging. So I'm going to trade what I'm going to try to buy. Yes. It's insanity, man. And it's, I'm not saying don't make money and I'm not saying don't have, you know, the ability to do things with your money and help people and, and plan for the future. Not at all. That would be unwise, but it's just ironic to me that we spend our whole life chasing something that we've already got. And then when we actually get to where we think we wanted to be by chasing it, it's never enough. And we've lost everything we wanted because we just weren't there when we were there. Like I'm using this to get to something else. Oof. It's crazy. And when that doesn't feed us, we find, we go try to find something else. Well, I think that's just how we're wired. It's, it's not, a, it's not a, you know, it's not a condemnation. It's, it's not a judgment. It just is what it is. And, and like I said, you know, if that's kind of what gets fed to us a lot. And if we don't have another voice or we don't have another metric of success, then, then how do we know any different? Like if you taught me how to shoot a basketball backwards. So, you know, with my, my knuckles facing out, yeah. you know, in some, village somewhere like if somehow like a basketball fell out of an airplane kind of bounced into a village and it's like we don't have basketball and some dude picks it up two generations before i find it 
And then another basketball, by the way, has never come around. They preserve it because it's the only one. And they're like, oh, my gosh. And that person decided this is what I do with a basketball. And I, he teaches everyone else, and he becomes the master. He's the guy. Yeah. He's got the orb, and he's taught us how to do this thing with this. And then that person somehow gets on a plane and comes over and meets Jeremy Scott at a park somewhere and sees you with a basketball in your hand. And he knows that his, you know, the family now who owns the orb in his village somewhere else, this is the I've way. seen that. Yeah. What are you doing? And you're like, I'm playing basketball? And you're like, that's not what you do with that. What do you mean? We, that's not what you do with that. You do well. What do you do with it? And you hand him the basketball, and he's like, "I do this," <laughs> and you're like, "What is that?" I can promise you, that's not why that was made. This purpose was to. And now, by the way, he might show you something really cool. This is where we get stuck in what we think matters. But in the end, that's an individual that has never had an opportunity to see something differently, and has had been patterned, and has subconscious competent with something that oh, this is all they know. We can never see our blind. I can't see my blind spots. I can't see them. That's why I need people around me that I trust, that I know aren't trying to put me down, spit on me, make me look like a fool, make themselves feel better because I'm feeling bad. Like they genuinely go, I know what matters to you, Dave. And I love you. But do you know that, did you see that? Did you, And I, or I can talk to them about, man, I, can I run through this with you? I literally did that with one of my buddies. I was like, look, this is a situation that happened. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm feeling. And can you run through this with me to just help me sound this out to see if I'm processing this the right way or if there's something I need to own here? And, and by the way, in that moment, I, I gave this person I trusted control of that because if he came back to me and said, you're wrong. Yeah, I think, I think you've approached that the wrong way. And I think you need to go double back and I think you need to own this. That's just my opinion. Then I would have to be like, okay, okay, let me, let me process that. So, but I mean, it's, I would have never done that earlier in my life because I was afraid of not being right, not being good enough, not being worthy, you know, not being liked, whatever it was, you know, that I made a mistake. So, you know, I'm not. I don't have worth, whatever, or or the imposter syndrome, like, oh, you found out my hidden secret that I'm. I'm not this great. Like I'm just a, I'm just like everybody else, man. Just a dude. I'm just like everybody else. I'm trying to figure out how to take the next step in a life that sometimes is tough and sometimes is awesome and um, just. Just walking the walk, man. But that's like why, like, the, that's for us, like, the community is everything. Because I'm with, without this, like, what am I doing? Yeah. Well, you see that for you. And yeah. for other people, they've got their purpose. And they've got things that matter for them. And, you know, I think the, the overarching thing of this, and, like, the, to me, it's funny. Like, this is kind of a fitness podcast. And and it's cool that you you still feel led to bring me on every now and then. Though, you know. Eventually, they're going to be like, that dude is just They're going to be like, this dude? He's so weird. What are we at? Two hours and seven minutes? Come on. They'd be like, this dude didn't say. fitness this didn't say, dude didn't say a single word about fitness in two hours. How about it? But it's all fitness, man. Yeah. It really is. Well, let's, let's, let's close them out. Just on this. There's so many other stuff. Think, but here's the deal.
so it's the same thing I talked about to the young guy that came, and he's just one of a thousand stories, and he's one of a thousand of my stories to other people that have been around me in my life. You know, what I said to him was, I've known people that have six-pack abs, or they run four 440s, and, you know, they're having a hard time managing life. And, and they're having a hard time not hurting other people with their words. They're having a hard time not tearing down family relationships and causing generations of pain. So is that fitness? And that's why I look at fitness differently. And I'm like, you know, it, that, that stuff does matter. And if some of those things got better, it's amazing how you free up and, and how much less you need, how much less you're afraid of, how much less power you give away to a world out there that doesn't know you anyway. And it doesn't really want to know you like, you know, that in, when it's, when it's bent that way for what it gets, I want what I want when I want it. Right. Cause I got to have it for whatever reason I need to have it. Yeah. Um, we've all been through it, but it's like, we give so much away to that and it, it makes us tired. It wears us out. And we talk about mental resiliency and we talk about stress management and we talk about recovery and restoration and we talk about performance and we talk about how we look and all those things are the biggest things in fitness, right? That stuff affects all of it. It wears you down. It takes your energy. It messes with your mind. It causes stress and inflammation. So you, so now I'm trying to go to fitness to figure out how to get rid of my stress and my inflammation and my extra vis- visceral fat around my belly, my love handles, my butt, whatever. And it's like, so then we, we, I'll do a treadmill and I'll do this class and I'll do that class and I'll do this and I'll do that. But I am not going to figure out how to fix this broken relationship with my sister. And that's the thing that gives them the most angst, the most pain, the most frustration, the most stress, the biggest burden that they carry. And it's like, it has, that has, I'm not keep taking care of your body because it is a world of gravity <laughs> and, and there's no way around it, man. Yep, It's real. Um, but if, if you want, if you're trying to lean into the physical four pillars to think it can fix the relational, that's, it can help cut the edge off of it and help you like, <laughs> stay in death mode and wrestle mode for longer like grind it out because mm-hmm. I, I i got rid of some stress in here i slammed a med ball off the ground for 40 minutes and <sighs> and it's like you go right back it's like no you didn't fix it take your foot off that break cut that cord loose and see if some of this stuff doesn't free up and so that that is important to me um and i think it's important to the human condition so Let's, let's rapid fire. Like you want to, you want to just do like, uh, as we close, if they've even made it this far, <laughs> do you want to close out I, like a five minutes of like, I have five minutes fitness fire. I have five pages and I've got through none. All like, right. I got through none. All right. Why this don't you, is, why don't you scan? This is amazing. And, and the thing that jumps out at you, uh, you know, and, or we can just stop this, bury it in the archives, reboot it, start there, knock that out for 30. <laughs> Uh, no, I'll share this for sure. People are going to be like this because I think there's stuff in there that people can get from it. That's beyond just the normal, the normal. Yeah. You, you, you give them a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's all I do is talk about fitness. Yeah. You give them a lot all day. I don't talk like you. Like when I tell people, I'm like, okay, I'm really good at what, like it's like when I watched you first on camera, I'm like, this fucking dude is so good. And I was not as good and I'm not. 
I'm only good at like the way that I'm good at speaking and talking through my coaching cues and the way that I, you do something different. Like you are a, a fucking movie. Like I'm a TV show. You're this whole other thing. Like, okay, he's going to say things that hit people differently. Like than I do. Yeah. And you, and obviously- but you're super good at what you do, man. And cause you care and it's authentic and it's what you believe and you stay rooted in that truth. By the way, this is so powerful too. Like just, just be who you don't try to be somebody you're not. And that's what I thought. Like I'm going to, I need to be that guy. I need to be better. I need to be kinder. I need to be, yeah, I do. But if I try to make believe I'm somebody that I'm not, then I'm just not authentically who I am. And I've got to find the balance between that. You are authentically who you are and it's really rare. And you also care about helping others and at the same time being like, I am who I am and just deal with it. That's really, it's a really rare blend. And, um, I think it's because of that and your work ethic, uh, and your commitment to things that, that you have really found success. And I'm so happy for you. You, you really do deserve it. It looks good on you. And I think that as you continue to grow and as you continue to age, that a lot of the, a lot of the fruit uh, that has been born in your life, you are going to continue to use it to feed other people. And, and that, that's the type of person you want to have stewardship over things. Um, so that's, well, that's my kudos to you, brother. I appreciate it. Well, I feel like, cause I say this all the time. Like, I feel like if I was only here doing this, like whatever the thing is, like you have, some people have more energy than others. Mm. Some people can like when I'm tired or hungry or whatever, like I'll just fucking do. Like, I don't know what that is. Like, and you see the extreme examples of people like the Goggins and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, how? And, but there's certain things like I'm just willing to push through and just do every day. And I'm like, that can't be like, I have that gift or look this way or whatever the fuck it is to just only enrich my own life. And I feel that like, I'm not against like, if you want a Ferrari, go get one. If you want to live in yeah. a tent, like that's cool. I go, but that can't be the only reason I yeah. got either this lucky or this gifted or whatever. And I feel that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how else to describe it to people. It's like, why I still do things that make no business sense, mm. but they make sense to me. That's all that matters. And that's all I've, and again, like, and then when you look back at the metrics, they work. And so it's like, oh, okay. Inspiration matches up with validation. Let me just, I guess I'll just keep doing that. And so, you know, also there's a saying that the body builds the body. Like the thumb needs the toe and the ear needs the eye. And it's like, you have what you have. It's not for you. It is for you, but it's for the rest of us that don't have an eye. I can't see, but to use the gifts I've been given, I need your eye so that I can see how to use my thumb. It makes it much better for me. It's not your gift makes my gift. It activates my gift. Then my gift activates somebody else's gift. And it's not about me. It's just me being like, Hey, I I got this. You know, I have this, can I, can this help? Would this help make this meal? Like I have some flour or, you know, I've got some broccoli. I've got some like chicken, like here, can you use that? And it's like, oh my gosh, like I've got a pan. I've got a flame. I don't have chicken, but I got a, I got a flame. And it's like, oh, I've got chicken. And it's like, then when that starts to happen, that was the heart behind activate. When we realized that we've all been given different gifts we have different things that we're, we're, we're asked to steward and we bring it to the table from time to time to be like, how does this help you? That unlocks that. And that unlocks that. And it just continues to go around. And that's where together we rise. Why? 
so that whenever you're out and the lights are shining on you, you're serving others to the best of your ability. That's it. That's how it works. If I'm always looking for how to get my light to shine and how I get more and how people praise me for my gift and how like eventually it's a black hole. There's nothing, everything gets sucked into that and nothing comes out of it. And it's a hard place and I'm, I'm happy for someone's success, but I'll guarantee when you really dig down, there's just not a lot of, there's just not a lot of peace. There's not a lot of significance. Um, and, um, you know, I, so, but who am I to judge? Like, I don't know. That's not my, that life isn't my life. I just know what I've seen work and in environments that I've been in where I'm like, wow, I am so grateful to know these people and to have spent time with those people in that thing. And I walked away, man, so much better than I came in. And it's not about anything I, I, I took, you know, or it's something I was gifted because they came like open arms here, take this, this can help you. I got plenty. And it's knowing who you are. It's knowing who you are. That's all it is. Which is still one of my elusive issues, but I'm working on it. We all are. Yeah, man. We are. I'm going to pee my pants. Yeah. Uh, we got to go to dinner too. Yeah, we do. These guys are going to wonder what the hell is this one on for the last two and a half hours. Yeah, they are. You're a different level, bro. We might have to edit this. You might have to cut some, you know. I don't do that. Yeah, It I don't just know. goes to the can, world. Can we give them something real quick? Just a closing. Um, is there something on there that stood out at you that, that I think from a fitness Because I think that's important too. You know, fitness? I do. I mean, real, it is called real, real fitness. It is called Jeremy's Got Fitness. Yeah. Uh, we just talked about mental. We talked about communal. We talked about social. We talked about emotional. We talked about spiritual. That's fitness, bro. So we, yeah. so for them, for you guys listening, I know if you're hearing it now and you're like, this was a waste of my time, keep coming back because someday you're going to be like, wow, just like you and I were talking about, I, I didn't, that's okay. Go do your thing. Run your race. Do it well. You know, be, be excellent. It'll work later. Right. Yeah. Every now and then just put down the bar and let someone else get a rep in a set and don't be mad that someone's on your machine. Like, trust me, that stuff goes a long way and, but, uh, and they'll get it if they hear that. Yeah. Um, but if it does, then, then it's speaking to something in somebody. And, and those are the people that today, like, you know, the, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And if people have stayed on this long and it, it doesn't matter if it's a small number, those people, bro, you guys that are listening to this, that you're still here with us, you, you get this call or this talk, this podcast. And I'm super excited because wherever you are and whatever house you live in or apartment you live in, whatever place you work at, whatever community you walk around in, they got a shot. And the world needs it right now, man. It needs people that think differently, walk differently, look differently and decide how am I going to make other people better today? And even if it costs me something, it was worth it. Well, that's why I bring you on because I say this all the time, like you're the probably one of the only people I know you're like, I want everybody else to win and I really don't care if I do. And that's yeah. such a rare thing. Yeah. Even the like in, the, in our circle of people, everybody's like super cool. We all want to like yeah. Yeah. rising tides, raise all ships. I get that shit. I go, but you do it in a different way. Mm. And so I'm like, it's important for people to hear it because like I do it, but I'm like, I'm just winning. Like, yeah. you know, like, and I do a lot of these. And like, we should. And yeah. I think I should, I should be okay with winning uh, yeah. sometimes. And, yeah. and that's part of my Achilles heel. You know, I've, I've been honest. I've told friends of mine, I'm like, look, there are, and I've told you this before. I said, because of God's grace in my life, I have been given 10 times more opportunity 
than so many people and they've done 10 times more with what they've been given because they applied it with discipline and business acumen and focused on that piece of it and, and had a metric to win. And that's just a cost that, that is real for me. And it's something that I have to own. You know, there should be no reason right now that I'm not a multimillionaire and I've got da 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 and this and that and the other thing. And I don't, and that's real. And so sometimes I question myself. I'm like, man, where, where did I not steward something? Well, where did I miss the, miss the mark? Where did I screw up? Where did I, you know, I, I can't get that back. And then I have to sit in that moment and own what I need to own and be like, well, that's real choices are choices. But at the same time, go. When I exit this place and I stand before my maker and I, who knows, like he could be like, bro, you, you thought you, (laughs) dude, you gotta, you gotta stay over here for a while. Like you're on training wheels. Um, so who knows? I might freaking limp into that place. And, um, but my hope is that when I get there, he goes, you stored up some things that I consider wealth and I'm proud of you, son, you know? Like for me, that's the hope I have to hold on to. Um, but at the same time, I still got to find a way to like, I got two daughters. How am I going to help pay for their wedding? You know, how yeah. am I gonna help them? like, I'd like to do that. I'd like to be able to write a check for things that, and I have, um, but you know, it's, that is real for me. Yeah. I've had a lot of opportunity. Cause you have a unique talent and I haven't multiplied it. Um, maybe this decade. Yeah. We'll see. Cause everybody should know you. Like I tell people that I go, everybody should know him, but they don't. That would be the biggest tragedy, like if I thought about it. But that's me looking through yeah, my well, lens on you, the outside. You and I know it, yeah. But I think that's the same way with everybody who should know each other. You know, like yeah. I didn't know you, and I didn't know you from a hole in the wall. I could have seen you in in a airport and bumped into you and been like, "Hey, what's up, dude?" But different circumstances have us look at each other a different way and respect each other a different way. So I was supposed to be in your circle. I'm supposed to be in your life, and I'm grateful for that. And so everybody that's on here, the same thing for them. Because there's they, the people they're supposed to know and people that are supposed to know them. Because they wouldn't hear, like they wouldn't hear me if I didn't meet you. Like I believe that. Like I don't think the path would be. Would have been, it wouldn't have been the same, obviously. Like I steal so much stuff from you, yeah, that I, makes me better at what I do, so I can give it to other people. Well, then what I'm grateful for is that what I couldn't multiply, what I couldn't make work in a business environment, you were able to take a small piece of what wasn't mine anyway. None of this stuff. I, I have no idea what I'm doing, bro. Welcome to the, welcome to the, welcome to the club, dude. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the but, team. But, but at least if someone who had that talent could take something good that was gifted to me and plant seeds that grew, then, then that makes me feel good. Like that's a win, you know? Um, still doesn't let me off the hook in certain ways, but it does give me encouragement in other ways. So one thing. Let's do one. Just one fitness thing, we're out of here. Um, well, I'll make it real quick, too. I mean, I'm going to rapid fire this. Yeah, uh, just the the importance of play. Yeah. All right. Kids or adults. Real quick. Um, I've been on a project where I've been watching. Uh, we're, we're collecting some film and some tape of athletes working out with their trainers and some high-level people. And what I've seen in particular is I just see and I listen and I hear what happens when play is introduced to the environment, and that's all I'll say. That's all i got to say. I think – 
I love the fact that we're learning more about science and metrics and numbers and we can quantify things and we can look deeper than we've ever looked with some of the testing that we have now. And it is so important. Dr. Amen's brain scans, the way we can see brains differently with CTE and issues from trauma that we could never look at some of the epigenetic stuff that's happening right now, just to be able to look into, like we used to make believe like, do you have vitamin D issues? But no, we don't know. Let's just give them a bunch of these vitamins and hope that somehow it covers it all. And it's like, some of that stuff is so good for our profession. And I, if you ever want me to come back sometime and just talk real shop on real fitness, what's coming, what I think is powerful, what I think is questionable, what I think we need more information on, what I see making a difference, what I'm testing out on myself right now, happy to do it. But I just know this, you know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And I just know what I see. This is what I'll, this is it. I know what I see in an environment with the highest performers, the highest achievers, the most motivated, most badass people on the planet, and I don't, I'm not with them all the time, but I've been with them enough times. I know that when I see quote unquote play, action or activity, that when they're engaged in it, separates them from the constraints of time and space. It just, the world melts away. What I hear, I could close my eyes and I can listen to the room I'm in. I can listen to the field I'm on. I can listen to the place that we're, the gym that we're in. And I can record, and I've done this. I've recorded it. I'm going to do a warm up this way, record it. And it's good, by the way. And then I'm going to do this. This warm up is actually going to work. Most of the things that that warm up is going to work. And I do both. And it's probably going to get some other stuff in there because it's holistic, it's not isolated. So I'm going to get the same outcome at the end of the seven or eight minutes. And I record, I have my, I've had my coaches, we talked about this, I think last time I had my coaches record like a half 30 seconds or a minute of each of those, dude, it's just different. What you hear, what you see, what you feel is different. And so all I can say to myself is not having moments in my fitness personally and in my environments for people that, you know, can go there. It's not all the time. It's pieces of it. Having those things, what I hear, what I see, what I feel not have an opportunity to enter a person's heart, mind, body, soul, like experience to me, I feel like that's, that's a mistake. And so for that reason, it's cause and effect. If that's the effect of the cause, then I want to keep the cause involved in what I do. And, in, and I also find that when fitness is the outcome, not always the goal, when, when you do something you love to do and it's part of your, your personal like training program or your personal fitness, you know, theology, you know, your, your, your program, um, it, it's, it's just amazing how it sets you free. And there's a ton of science behind it. What happens in the brain, what happens in our hormones, what happens in our nervous system, uh, what happens in muscles, how they release, how we relax, you know, fight or flight versus you know, um, the parasympathetic and from a, from a science standpoint, what's actually occurring is phenomenal. They haven't even figured it out yet, but just the way you feel it's, and it's real simple. You and I talked about it like this and I'll leave it. This is how we'll close out. If you've got something, you know, on a consistent basis, uh, for, for those that are still with us, if you have something on a consistent basis where you say to yourself, Oh man, I wish I could stay longer. That's it. You're working on it. I appreciate it, bro. This is real, dude. Um, we got to go to dinner. Yeah, we do. And I'm going to pee my fucking pants here. 
Uh, this is like I close. This is, as, go, this is as close as I've been. Well, I do have jeans. I guess I could change. We it talked too. about it early. <sighs> I do got to go. Um, yeah. I think I appreciate it, man. I really yeah. do. This no, is, and I'm so grateful. I know it's so different. I know it's so out of the way. Um, and I just want to thank anybody who's just listening to even pieces of it. Just know that um, that I know you care. You care. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm honored to be your friend and your peer because you really do. And you work hard to care for people. And um, I just hope they keep coming back, uh, listening to you and, and following what you do. And I thank them for just spending some time with us today. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, if you guys are on Apple Podcasts, don't be a lazy ass. Drop it a five-star. Leave a comment. Same thing for Spotify. You can five-star it there. If you guys want to check out the Jeremy Scott Fitness app, you can still get it for a buck until I think Wednesday. Then that deal is over. And if you want some free athletic greens, obviously hit me up. Win, win, win. Can't beat it, man. Uh, until next time, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please... Keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.